But anyways, in yeah. the chapter of murder, there's a segment that talks about uh, a letter that was sent by David Patterson, I believe is his name. Um, and uh, yeah, he wrote about how he was walking home, or he was he was riding home on his horse, and a giant hairy man, whose head was even with his shoulders while he was on his horse, walked beside him and talked about seeking death early on in his youth and being cursed to roam the earth for the rest of his time, or for the rest of Earth's time. Uh, and so from that, and there's a few other things in the passage I'm forgetting, but like, as you read it, you're like, this is Cain. This yeah. is Cain, the murderer of Abel. <laughs> and he's giant and hairy in America. <laughs> That's Sasquatch, man. Yeah, dude. And so I legitimately believed Cain was Sasquatch. Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of Rhythm and Wit, the podcast and video series where we explore and discuss the creative and artistic expressions of artists and performers in Oklahoma City and its neighboring cities, also referred to as the greater metro area by a popular local rock band who will soon make their return for one night only. My name is David Steele. I am a bass player, not a drummer, a music producer, a graphic designer, a photographer, and a film hobbyist. My co-host is Nicholas Campbell. Nick is a stand-up comedian, singer, songwriter, guitar player, electrical contractor, a husband, a father, and my best friend for almost 25 years. In today's episode, we welcome funny man Tanner Rolf. Tanner is a stand-up comedian, a fashion designer, a filmmaker, a copywriter, a graphic artist, as well as an ex-Mormon. We asked Tanner about his experience as a comic for the past nine years. We also discuss the importance of graphic design and collaboration as a performer. Tanner recently released his short film, B, which you can watch from the link in the video description. We ask about the filmmaking and writing process of a short film, as well as his time as a Mormon and what skills he may have learned that could translate to being a stand-up comic. Please subscribe to our YouTube and podcast feeds to keep up with new episodes that drop every Friday. We hope you enjoy today's episode and our conversation with Tanner, as we greatly appreciate your time and attention. Counts off. <laughs> Five, four, three. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rhythm and Wit. My name is David Steele, and with me is... Nick Campbell. Today, we like to welcome our special guest, Tanner Rolf. Yeah! All right. 
Is that camera recording? Because I'm, I'm going to feel real stupid if it's not. Thank you. But you can look at that one. Yeah, that one, too. That What's up? Your, oh, that's that's my, my, my... Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's, these are actually the nicer cameras, the phones. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Tech is crazy like yeah. that. Um, so, Tanner, welcome to our show. We love to have you on. I told Nick, I, I just randomly had a thought like a month ago, and I was like, we need to have Tanner on. Like, you are, like, the most interesting, one of the most interesting people oh, that snap. I've met. Like, as far as, like, I've met a ton of interesting people doing mm -hmm. comedy or, you know, being involved with that community. But you have so many different things that you're into besides comedy. You do filmmaking. You do, um, uh, you know, comedy, filmmaking. You're a copywriter, is that uh -huh. right? I've read and yeah, so like and you make do fashion, you do all this cool mm -hmm. stuff. So like I still feel like comedy's <laughs> at the core of all of that. Like comedy is up here and right. then everything else is a branch. Cool. You know, stand up's a branch of comedy, filmmaking really is a branch of comedy. Yeah. Copywriting I got into because of copy mm -hmm. or comedy. That's cool. Uh, yeah. And fashion design is just funny. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, it's uh, I think of that too, because I love fashion in a in a in a sense. I mean like I don't know, I think I've always loved it but didn't really realize I loved mm -hmm. it until I was older but it's it was like, a lot more uh, taboo for guys to like yeah the I idea of so. fashion back then too but yeah it's like uh so yeah that's why i was always interested in that you know all the you make your own clothes <laughs> you know yeah. and stuff like that like i think that's so cool to to um hear about and just to meet somebody that even does that cause it's fun rare. what's ironic is every time someone brings up that i make my own clothes i'm never wearing anything yeah anymore. right well yeah so. <laughs> I, and I've, I've probably only maybe seen i know that jacket you wore at uh, uh -huh. put a cork in it you had talked about you and i maybe i'd seen like one other thing that you'd said you'd made uh, i've made a few things but not as much as i'd like to yeah just because it's, it's still expensive yeah Especially when you don't live in L.A. Mm -hmm. Like, living in L.A., when you live near the Garment District, you can get some fabrics for super cheap that mm -hmm. are really good quality nice. fabrics. I found places here that are decent, but it still adds up. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm very particular about what I make and when I make it and whatnot. And it's just time-consuming. Is yeah. it still cheaper well. than buying regular clothes, though? Not always. Yeah. Yeah, most times it's, still, um, it's, it's cheaper to buy online or you know uh that's the problem with fast fashion is most of it's cheaper than mm -hmm. making but at the same time they're made with cheaper quality right. materials and and I mean, so yeah. they they disappear a lot easier to me it's like uh, i think it'd be interesting to do that because it's like i'm always looking for very something very specific mm -hmm. in my head like whatever it is that i want like a piece of clothing like i've been into like getting these plaid pants and stuff but they're mm -hmm. kind of harder to find than you would think yeah, yeah <laughs> straight know? up and so it's like you could i could just pick my own if i knew how to make pants i could just pick my own whatever pattern that i wanted yeah but even finding them. the fabric can right. be hard sometimes too because sometimes you're looking for a specific yeah. pattern plaid is right. common enough but, that i'm sure yeah. you'll be able to find what but you're I, I think you there, could but. do some more interesting things that are available even if it's not like but it's interesting yeah. to say that california is like you know it's easier to find stuff out there but i mean it's i guess wherever it's made or whatever it's mm -hmm. like you're having to import stuff and just fast fashion has made it so cheap mm -hmm. to just buy clothes outright and you know uh cheaper to make it's it's cheaper to buy clothes than to make clothes for the most part right now right uh and that's all with fast fashion and another thing you i mean would be it's interesting you could probably alter things very easily that's a huge part <laughs> yeah. of honestly that's, that's probably doing. the bigger uh, skill to have yeah. is being able to tailor clothes yeah. and being able to alter to fit your body mm -hmm. um, especially with like pants 
I'm a millennial sure. and an emo, so I like having my pants a little yeah, tighter around the, the calves. Pants. <laughs> uh, so it's nice to be able to buy a pair and then, yeah, be able to to alter them that way. Yeah. Um, That's what yeah. I'm, I'm gonna have to remember that if I need some stuff. If I have a, a shirt or something I really like, I'm like, man, Tanner, can you like? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, if I'm not available, you can always just yeah, go. There There's are, so many alterations people around here That's too. That's true. Um, I, I never think to, about it. I went and got some shorts shortened. Too short, unfortunately. <laughs> I love the short yeah, shorts, but then ambitious. when I got it back, I was like, "Ooh, I was a little ambitious on this one." That's uh, right ambitious. Up there. Yeah, where, I, I never know where the line is. Huh? I never know where the line is. For, For shorts, yeah. uh, I'll wear these. I'll show you. Uh, <laughs> it's, that's the line. It's when your balls. It's when your balls are threatening to pop out, even when you're wearing briefs. That's yeah. when it's. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's so. when it's too short. Um, <laughs> all, I'm gonna start calling you all balls Rolf, man. That's right. That's, uh, that's me. Uh, maybe it's not the shorts. Maybe it's you. Maybe your balls are too big. I mean, go. I am blessed in many ways. Uh, Congratulations, man. That's thank really you. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> but no, so yeah, like even if you know I'm not around, but like alterations exist, yeah, uh, yeah. and it's that's it's just... so easy mm-hmm. to do and pretty cheap, relatively cheap. To just alter your clothes and make it fit to you, and that's the difference between yeah. like celebrity fits and mm-hmm. like what you buy off of JC Penny. Right. You can go get anything from a thrift store, and as long as you get it fitted to you, it It'll looks look. clean. It It'll looks look. professional, and like mm-hmm. it changes the way like you look to other. Even people. the airbrush T-shirts. Yeah, dude. You get those all <laughs> Yeah, I crop they those. They always seem to be just really high. high. Yeah. <laughs> crop over high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to do Show it. Show a little bit of belly. <laughs> Bring the midriff back, man. It's 2001. That's, yeah, that's well, like... let, me, uh, let me ask you a question real quick. While, since we're on the fashion stuff, I noticed that whenever you usually have a show, you uh-huh. try to wear something that you've made. Yeah. Yeah. I have a hard time because I'll just like, I mean, I, this, this is all Sam's. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. The cheap rack. This was 13 bucks. You know what I'm saying? These nice were sweater. 10. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. Half sale. I'm not bragging, but you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. You got Black mm-hmm. Friday yesterday, so you got all yeah. the yeah, dude. So it's a, you know, but I don't know as a as a layman. Yeah. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. I just wear stuff, and I, I don't know how to make a statement with it. But it's a big part of being a comedian too, mm-hmm. and especially because it's kind of like you can do jokes off of it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but how would you suggest that a guy goes into understanding what to put on and how and why? Uh, I'm a big fan of just looking you look look as the best version of you as you can be. So like, I would never wear a suit on stage because that's just not who I am. But John Mulaney always wears a suit on stage because that's a big part of what his comedy is. Um, Like John Wallen, I would never, who you had on last (laughs) week, I would never expect to him go on the stage in a tuxedo. Right. He he goes in in the loose-fitting clothes because that's who he is. He's very chill. That's just kind of vibe he is. And so... I, you just gotta be you. Just make sure you're the best version of you. So I know this doesn't answer like specifically wear these colors or wear this kind of thing. Oh, sure. It's just just be as the best version of you as you can be because that's what you're giving people in comedy. You're giving yeah. people in comedy your personality. You're selling yourself. So yeah. what you wear shouldn't contradict what you're about to mm. deliver. So it's all dad clothes then. Yeah. Yeah, so honestly. Kind of, really, yeah. yeah. This kind of fits. Dude, you, yeah. yeah. No, honestly, kind of I've, I've never looked at your fit and been like, mm, yeah. what is he doing? Um, like, I, there's this one open mic comedian back in Utah uh, who would always wear a suit to the open mics. <laughs> and I was like, dude, for, it just doesn't match. It's just everyone's looking up there like, why is he in a suit? <laughs> <laughs> Why is he? It's an open mic, man. <laughs> yeah. But even with a... his jokes and stuff, it's like, 
Yeah, it's I, weird. I think I think of that and it's like that's hilarious to me. Like I like I I like wearing ties and and dressing up a little right. bit. But it's like you do push it too far. I think whenever you get to a point where it's like oh he's just trying too hard, you know. Yeah, where, but I think you like, pull it off well because you yeah. do the you you got that punk kind of vibe, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that's what I get from the from oh, the yeah. tie and the plaid pants and yeah I think yeah. It's, uh, well, I can't even cross my legs like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my ham hocks. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm th- thinking of me because I, I yeah. it's like I go up if I was a comedian just go up and wear this and I yeah. feel totally comfortable and fine but it's just like uh, I think that some people might put you know push a little bit too far and like try to do something and not be themselves I mean you're definitely and then it stands out yeah hold my hand for support um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think with comedy um, you're definitely putting on a version mm-hmm. of yourself uh, when you're when you're presenting and when you're doing um, shows. And so how much of that is a character? You know, like Bill Burr is very much a character, mm-hmm. a caricature of, of himself, right? right? Yeah, it's the heightened version. There's there's more of a character aspect to it. Uh, you can go as extreme as, like, uh, Dice Clay, who yeah, was yeah. a character. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's theater in a way, mm-hmm. comedy. And so those, again, the outfit should match that yeah, character. Makes sense. If you um, think about it, if you think about it like in that aspect, as far as you're wearing, putting on a costume, that's what I do with this. I mean, this is my costume for yeah, this yeah. show. All I of mean, us. I don't, yeah, yeah like, that's I, what our clothing is. It's costumes. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be representations right. of who we are. That's a good yeah, These shoes make me it. fast. Yeah. yeah exactly. Same idea. Make yeah. You know? It's like, yeah. like when you're a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how long have you been doing comedy? Like seven years. Seven oh, years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, in 2014, I uh, oh so maybe more than seven years. About nine. It's almost. Oh, it's nice. almost ten years. Yeah. No Come up on nine. No breaks in between. Or um, like that. we'll we'll talk about it in a second. <laughs> 2014, I went to uh, Salt Lake Comic Con. Okay. And I met all the voice actors there, the voice mm. actors of the Animaniacs, right. a few other professional oh, voice actors. Uh, what's that guy's name? Rob, Rob. Paulson. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's great. awesome. Also, Raphael. Uh, Join me. Does the phrase, go suck a lemon, hold any meaning for you? So I met Rob Paulson and Jess Harnell uh, and Mo LaMarche, uh, who's the voice of the brain. What do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. And like any Orwellian voice in Futurama. So a lot of them came to Salt Lake Comic Con yeah. that year, and I just went and waited in line for the signings and just talked to them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to get into voice acting. This looks fun. What do I do? Every single one of them said, start performing where you can right now. Just... And they said, do theater, do improv, do stand up join a band uh you know that's all of them if you talk to any of the voice actors almost all of them started not voice acting Mm -hmm. like um jim cummings who does uh winnie the pooh and uh pooh christopher robin optimus prime two very different (laughs) voices yeah but uh, he started by uh as a uh new orleans uh, like parade, he he do. Uh, uh, like he was like leader, uh, band leader, yeah. kind of a parade leader. Yeah, he was a musician in like New Orleans, nice. uh, and did like oh, and he did boat tours and stuff. Mm-hmm. So That's like something, yeah. I think I think a lot of comedians might do that. Too, yeah, I've heard maybe. So all these voice actors you'll find they did 
they didn't do voice acting first. Mm-hmm. So that's another advice they're telling me is like just get comfortable performing. Yeah. And the opportunity talking into a microphone, right? <laughs> so when they said all of that, I was like, I don't need like friends. I don't need like to audition to stand up. Mm-hmm. I can just go do stand up. Like I can just find a mic and just go tell jokes. I'd already been listening to a bunch of Mitch Hedberg and thought that was really fun and yeah. kind of like starting to write jokes myself. So, um, so December of 2014 was my first open mic, and then January of 2015, I transferred from Utah Valley University to BYU-Idaho in Rexburg, Idaho. And I knew nobody there. Mm-hmm. And so when I went there, I was like, I, I got to find something to be a part of. And since comedy, that one open mic I did was so fun, yeah. I was like, well, let's look for more open mics here in Rexburg. You know, nice. it's a way to get involved. Mm-hmm. So I went to what I thought was an open mic. It turned out to be a stand-up comedy club. Uh, and so I was part, I was heavily involved in that for my entire time in Rexburg for three years. Mm -hmm. So I say no gaps, but three (laughs) years of that was at a very conservative Mormon college (laughs) where if I swore on stage, I wouldn't be allowed to perform for the rest of the semester. So, and if I did it twice, they'd probably kick me out. And this is when you were practicing Mormon. Yeah. I was so, yeah. Yeah. It would be hard to go to BYU-Idaho if you're not practicing okay. Mormon. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, that's I was practicing Mormon at the time. Uh, BYU-Idaho, I said, is one of the places where I realized I didn't want to be practicing Mormon anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so nine years, three of those, again, at uh, a very conservative mm-hmm. Mormon area. That's where I learned to be clean, though. But that, yeah, that's what oh, I was saying. Yeah. Pro- like, those limitations will make you force yourself to think differently about it. I agree. Mm-hmm. In the, Yeah. As much as I rip better, on that school, yeah. I am grateful that it's it forced me to be a clean right. comedian. That's interesting, yeah. Do you uh, feel like you were like uh, honoring your voice though? I mean, at the time, maybe you were, but you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, do you feel like there was something inside you weren't really bringing out? Um, yes, yeah, I do think so. Um, I really had uh, opinions on the honor code at BYU Idaho that they wouldn't let me do jokes about, and I was like, this is the point of comedy is mm-hmm. to. Yeah. kind of make fun of the things and bring awareness of the things around us so I did feel like I was being censored in that way and things that after I've left the church I've been able to open up Ooh, more yeah. about uh, for sure probably thoughts you had back then that you were like I'm not going to say this but like now you're more comfortable exactly so <laughs> yeah in a way um, I, I did feel like I, I was being hindered from mm-hmm. having a completely open voice okay um but then even when I was still practicing Mormon, when I, once I left BYU-Idaho, I was in spaces where I could at least talk about my what was going on internally more openly uh, without feeling fearing consequence for it. Right. So So you, you were talking 2014, then you moved to BYU-Idaho. In 15, and then uh, graduated in uh, April of 2018 okay. um, and moved back to Utah after that and then from uh, from then until I moved here I was doing comedy in Utah uh, as often as I do it here maybe even more in Utah mm-hmm. just because I was a little more established in that scene um, and I did improv while I was in Utah too so if I wasn't doing stand up I was doing like improvised musicals oh nice uh, really yeah, fun do you yeah. play uh, music or I saw one of your photos online you had a ukulele oh yeah <laughs> I was like do you play guitar I, uh, I do play guitar yeah. ukulele is pretty easy yeah. to learn once you know yeah. how to play guitar yeah, I was uh, when I was in high school. I had no intentions of comedy. I thought I was gonna be a punk rocker. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I you know. Yeah, because you've talked about emo and yeah, yeah. Set and stuff like that, which I always find fun. I always thought I was gonna start some kind of punk band yeah. when I was in high school. 
Uh, and that's where I'd like start drawing fake logos and stuff, which Hell got yeah. me into graphic design. Yeah, oh, and I said, yeah, I saw that too. Is I'm a graphic designer, and, mm -hmm. and and then John Wallen tried to be a graphic designer. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, trend here. yeah, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Comedy yeah. has some hideous <laughs> flyers. I yeah. I think it's. I think graphic design <laughs> is honestly. So it's probably like one of the skills that everyone should try and learn just because it's so useful in yeah. so many ways especially if you're an entertainer well, it's so and, accessible yeah now i mean too, you need you got to like know canva yeah you've got programs that are free but, to use where you can because mm -hmm. all graphic design is is like just arranging yeah. arranging in a way that looks good and like yeah. and to me i mean it's it's literally just you have a piece of information, a show, whatever you're trying to promote. You're trying to get that message across efficiently and yeah. visually, um, and it's just efficiently com efficient communication in a visual format. Yeah, without looking cluttered. Right. And, yeah. yeah, because you, if you if it, if you want people to know that there's a show on this date. They better be able to see the date. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. And like, sometimes that's that's hard to yeah. do with the with the comic flyers that you see. The yeah. Ones. Mm -hmm. Well, I find the biggest. Um, the biggest flaw, in my opinion, in especially local comedy flyers, is that they want to use everyone's headshot. Yeah. I don't think headshots are important for comedy yeah. flyers. I mean, I don't think people really care what the comedians look like if they already don't know who the comedian right. is. Right. I think, and it's if cool, it's not going to be, it's not necessary. Right. Yeah. Unless it's like uh, a comedian where like they might be like, oh, I didn't know they did comedy, and they see the face. Mm -hmm. But still, you got to be celebrity status in that way. Anyway, so like David Cross, right? Mm -hmm. Who plays uh, Tobias in Arrested yeah, Development. Yeah. It did bother me that they did so well without me, but I, I do have to ask them for help. And I have to ask for an audition. Do you have an audition yet? Oh, no, no, I'm not in the group yet. No, I'm afraid I just blew myself. <laughs> There's gotta be a better way to say that. Very funny stand-up comedian. Some people might not know he does stand-up comedy, mm -hmm. so they see like a flyer with his face and they go, "Oh, Tobias does yeah. stand-up." It's like you recognize. So I think on a local level, mm -hmm. I think there's so much focus to get the headshots on there, and mm -hmm. once you put them on there, because they're so different, yeah, it's usually stolen Facebook photos. <laughs> that already throws the design yeah. off yeah. completely. Yeah, it's, it's that. Um, that's a good point. And I know you do that on like you're not the only one. Everyone does mm -hmm. this. Um, and yours, yours look fine. I will yeah. say, like oh, your good. your flyers, the this ones is that, public. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> you saying that. Your flyers are good. Use use like a template for lively. I can't. Yeah, yeah. I, I use the same templates for new ones. Out there. Smart move though. Mm -hmm. Like especially yeah, if you're not a yeah, 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 if you're not a professional, templates <laughs> work fine enough. Yeah. I, I I always I don't think they're the best, but like they do the job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well you and can so, rearrange things too. Yeah, which is, mm -hmm. you kind of make it your own. Yeah. Yeah. So yours are fine. Uh, but I still, I, I think a lot of flyers have so much emphasis on the headshot, and I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't think these are necessary. <laughs> yeah. And I think by doing that, it, it kind of throws off the design sometimes. Yeah, or like, if I sure. did, if I did headshots, I'd always try to do some kind of style yeah. to make them uniform. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say about Nick's is like, at least they're in the section. It's not like, I mean, they're they're placed nicely to where it doesn't, it's not distracting or yes. anything. Yes, yeah. Well, I, I like mean, it it's... personally because whenever I look at a flyer and I see people's faces, mm -hmm. it like personalizes yeah, that show. That's a big yeah, thing. maybe maybe I'm wrong on this. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, th yeah. I don't think, I think, Just for me. I get your point. That's I, think, I, like. I think That's fair. Yeah. I think your point is like, it, it's, it's hard to make, I think it's hard to do it 
well. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe that's what I'm yeah. trying to. It's the easiest way to clutter yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then I right, see what you're saying. You're though. Right with the theme, like if you can get it all headshots, Ooh, yeah, instead of like somebody holding the mic and then another one's yeah. the guy in the background. Yeah. yeah, well, it's even just like quality too. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's, they're like a small, like little pixelated, yeah. crappy photo next to a really nice. I think that's made. that's more of what it is yeah. is the quality. Yeah. But what you do right that a lot of places don't is you you at least have a clean background mm -hmm. to put them on. Whereas like yeah. sometimes they'll have that's like the a big thing where it's just, they gotta have the comedy brick wall <laughs> and a microphone and the yeah, stool and then the headshots and then for some reason five different fonts mm -hmm. of <laughs> yeah. that are hard to read. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that uh, I think it's important. A lot of it, it to me it's like this kind of. All this stuff is just these simple rules of design that mm -hmm. there's only like four basic rules. I'm going to do an episode one day. I'm just going to teach everyone how to just make a very simple flyer. Keep <laughs> it just simple, like, stupid, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's like... the best advice I've ever gotten. But a lot of that stuff is, you know, if you don't learn it, if you don't learn it, you're not going to know. So you're not going to, you know, you just throw stuff on there. Like, I don't know why this isn't looking good. It's like, well, there's just simple things that... But anyways, that's like a whole... What frustrates topic. me... Yeah. <laughs> what frustrates me, and then we can move on topics, because yeah. we're talking a lot of design for Nadia well, Podcast. It's, 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 it's useful. Me. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, useful that's fair. for a lot of people. So. Uh, you're doing good, though. I like your flyers a mm -hmm. lot. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. I pay $14.99 a month <laughs> for Canva. Which, yeah. it's worth and, it. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you use it I mean, uh, as much as saying, you do. Um, you're getting your money's worth, yeah. for sure. Uh... Oh, one thing that frustrates me is I'll watch TikToks mm -hmm. of, like, graphic designers who will take, like, an NFL logo yeah. and then redesign it. And it's like, you took something great and redesigned it to something okay. Yeah. It's like, you you're not showing off how yeah. good of a designer you are. I was like, yeah, if you want to prove how good of a designer you are, take a shitty comedy mm -hmm. flyer. And there are many. Yeah. Just look up tons. hashtag comedy show <laughs> and find any flyer in Instagram. Yeah. 95% of them are awful mm -hmm. and redesign Re that to make it. it look good. If you can do that, then you're telling yeah. me you're a good designer. Yeah, that's, that's, do mine. Don't redesign do mine. the Minnesota Vikings logo. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. That <laughs> doesn't tell they me anything. spent millions of dollars on it. Yeah, like, and theirs right. looks better. Yeah. It's like when somebody takes a premise that you're using and writes a crappier joke against it. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had that happen yet. But. It's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's it. It frustrates me because mm -hmm. it's just like, oh, I know. Don't I, show me yeah. what you can do with something that's good. Show me how you can fix something that's broken. Mm. Yeah. And these comedy flyers are, are an easy source of finding <laughs> well, bad design. I mean, it's all of it. Bands. I mean, I've seen. I guess that's true. I just am not yeah, immersed in the band yeah, culture. Yeah. I mean, that's like as a designer too. Since I started studying it, it's like you. I mean, I'm I'm like plagued by bad design everywhere you know it's yeah. like you can't get away from it it's like oh no yeah. why is that so terrible and it's just like i can't not see that stuff but it's like but that's what i look for a lot mm -hmm. and it's like in and often when it, there is something cool it's like i mean i'm drawn to that the the well-designed stuff often but um but yeah i mean it's it's a tough thing and I, I just see it all over the place and it's just a lack of education like i was saying about these simple rules about like contrast repetition alignment and proximity is like these core elements yeah. that make up and it's like if you follow all those you're gonna have a decent design that's yeah yeah simple but that's all i learned in that are, graphic design but those class. things are those yeah. four things yeah. it's you know it's just i think about that all the time it's just like if you put a little bit of thought into those things it would change everything yeah, yeah. 
But uh, keep that's it a, simple, stupid. Definitely man. a bigger topic that I will. Oh, I want to go into more <laughs> later on, especially for but, a podcast about comedy and music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, We're gonna talk about design today. But it's, but it's, it's I horrible. think it ties yeah. into like. There's like, definitely yeah. I mean, to all of it, and like I was saying, if it, if if you're a performer, it's it's definitely useful for. To learn some of this stuff, and, especially and, at our level of amateur, where we're right. producing our own shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 uh, for sure. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah. yeah. Part can... of my goal next year is to produce shows. Mm-hmm. To produce my own. I actually have a few I want to talk to you guys off mic about that I think will be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Fun. I'll do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think, guys, I think you'll like the one I have actually. Okay. So, yeah, um, but it's it's going to require a lot of production, and so <clears throat> yeah, there's yeah. people I need to reach out to. For so sure. it's. But if I can get it going, I'm really excited for this one. We'd be interested yeah. in, so, in doing yeah. stuff. I mean, that's part of the reason why I want to have people on and talk to them and get to know you guys better. And it's like, figure. I'm like looking for like, how can we work together on mm-hmm. something? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, what can well, we do? And so I was just talking to down. Leo the other day about how like I, I've suddenly felt this drive, and I do still feel like a newbie to Oklahoma mm-hmm. City. So I do feel the irony of saying this but like I want to build yeah. an Oklahoma City comedy mm-hmm. scene not just like comedians in Oklahoma City but like right. I want people to know Oklahoma City forward comedy mm-hmm. or like know that there's comedians here that we can get a certain style the same way that people know if they're in Austin right. we can go <laughs> see a comedy show there it feels we're trying for sure it's, I just yeah. feel like we need a little more focus mm-hmm. and I would love to make that my next step here in Oklahoma City too and so first of all, we got the coolest nickname for any city, Boomtown. Hell just yeah. offers its name to comedy. Yeah. Boomtown, Boomtown comedy, yeah. man. Uh, I would love to to help with that. And yeah, yeah we're we're all helping each other right now. Mm-hmm. I would love to find a way for us to focus those efforts and really create a yeah, scene here. Because we can do it. I think. Talk about like an association. Um, like collective, almost. Yeah. yeah, you pay dues and yeah. yeah. We have a book that we all yeah abide by. by we it's... all abide by. Uh, yeah, we all wear the same underwear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is I, I love this idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, not For that sure. intense, but I would love to try to build like a legitimate scene uh, here where people know yeah. Oklahoma it's... City for like mm-hmm. these kinds of comedians. I think that you're you're definitely the the kind of people that we need in the, in to do that with. It's like I I look at I'm meeting lots of creative people and lots of and it's like I'm always judging people's like drives. It's like how you know <laughs> how driven are you to do the things that you mm-hmm. you want to do, and it's it's rare to find people that are actually um very driven or highly driven and it's like it's hard I mean, it's, it's hard we all got have lives i got and, adhd right. man i'll be all in on it this we weekend and have, the next week right. i'll be like i wanted the what but <laughs> i mean <laughs> but the amount of skills that you have it's like i mean doing like that's what i'm looking forward to build a, a network of my own but hopefully you know yeah to um and there's so much mm-hmm. there's so much tie-ins with music as well yeah. music and because comedy i think because the older I get and the more I learn about other aspects, other performing arts and things like that, there's so many uh, similarities in everything, like com- writing music, writing comedy, writing uh, film and TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like there's so, so many crossovers and, and even like kind of um, like, uh, you know, c- concepts and things that yeah. kind of translate. So it's... That's why I'm interested in doing this show to begin with, is to talk about those things and find other ways that... Because my thing is, like, hearing 
people talk about their processes could trigger like there could be a visual artist watching this and hear something that you say about comedy that triggers something in totally. them and it's like oh i can maybe use this same concept in a weird way i don't know what it used happened. to be where you had to go to cities you yeah. had to go to hollywood to get into hollywood right yeah. you had to go to new york to get into comedy or chicago like mm -hmm. you had to go to these places i think oklahoma city is uh it's growing and lending itself for the community, but also with technology today, mm. a kid in media. <laughs> a kid in you know nowhere Iowa yeah. could. Sorry, I keep hitting you. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just there's something about fat guys that have to like stretch their arms here. We yearn uh, for for physical touch. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we didn't get much when we were younger. Yeah. Our parents were like, hey, he's fat. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch him. What is, this? Is, this what is this what puberty looks like? <laughs> This is the middle school, and all the girls found me repulsive. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I with the technology today, I mean, a kid in, in nowhere, Idaho or Iowa, can can make a short film, yeah, and they yeah, are. Yeah. The kids who have the drive in, like, what is nothing today in technology is so much more powerful than what Hollywood had back in the mm -hmm. '40s and '50s. Yeah, right. And so. Why go other places yeah, when we can? There's the right course. people here. There's the right comedians. There's the right kind of community. Mm -hmm. um, so any kind of artistry, I think we can yeah. focus it here. And we've seen it like the Plaza District with mm -hmm. the murals there. You can see yeah. artists are really starting to pop off here, mm -hmm. uh, like actual visual artists. And so performing arts, I think there's. Yeah. I, I think we are starting to, to create a bubble here. Like, the gas is starting to boil. Mm -hmm. I think yeah, the, the, uh... the, the kegs are starting to fill up, <laughs> uh, the powder kegs. I think yeah. things are in place. For sure. Uh, we just need some sparks to fly around, and I think we can really pop off here. Do you think it's because of the film industry started taking an interest out here? No. Well, yes. maybe, but not Personally, really. well, for me, that's, that's part of it, is um, there's a lot more tools here. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, that, that's nice. I love that because I actually went back to study film. Uh, it took like one semester at Ultra C in 2021, I think, in that fall. And because uh, I was kind of like, I've been doing graphic arts for over 10 years <clears throat> now. And it's like, it's good, but it's hard to make money at, here in the city. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, like, what else is going on? Like, maybe I can get into film because that's popping off. They got the big studio downtown and all that, and they're making you know, Sylvester Stallone stuff is here. Mm -hmm. Or he was. Uh, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> Did he pull out Tulsa King? I think. I don't uh, know. I think it's union stuff. I mean, as far yeah. as like the, all the, that's why I say the film industry here is not really what it needs to be because. Well, my perspective doing, of doing the film industry is at the advertising side of things. Yeah. So. Yeah. Doing like in marketing. and Yeah. Like the, um, for sure. Like um, doing that kind of stuff. So yeah, there, there's a lot of tools here. There's mm -hmm. a lot of studios. Uh, yeah, there, uh, there's a lot here mm -hmm. that's good that's going for and Oklahoma yeah, City. It's all going to be so. beneficial for whatever we're trying to do too. Yeah, so, uh, you're well, right I think about that. I met a lot of actors me. now that yeah. I we never met actors yeah. growing up here. Yeah, you know, that's nobody true. would say it. You know, <laughs> <but> it <was laughs> or if they were, I mean, we did know some. Uh, in college, but I mean, they were like student. Yeah, it was yeah. a side thing. I people here, like I act. Right. Yeah. I act like that's in what. Yeah. yeah. Utah had a really good uh, scene for that too. Yeah, because I uh, I wanted to go into the next topic, but about your 
film stuff because uh -huh. you oh, did yeah. a short film <clears throat> called B that yeah. came out a couple, I guess a few months ago now was it called uh, a year ago I filmed oh, okay. it just over a year ago so uh, that was I, I saw August 13th but that was was that 2022 that might have been when I officially released it yeah, on the release. YouTube okay um, but yeah you so you filmed it yeah before you even moved here right? yeah okay. so I filmed it out in Utah mm -hmm. uh, I filmed it before I got laid off from my job but I knew I was about to yeah <laughs> uh, and so my job out there they owned a, uh, a psych wall a studio with a psych wall which is just that white backdrop yeah yeah the that you see thing. in a lot of advertisements mm -hmm. Uh, but we had a ton of lights and stuff set up mm. for it, so... So you got to borrow that stuff? Uh, yeah, I knew I knew I was about to get laid off, but I was like, but until then, I can still use all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, and Kenna, who is my other actor in, um... Or she, she played, you know, my, my wife... Mm -hmm. Petunia. MB, yeah, Petunia. <laughs> yeah. She is an actor in Utah as well. She is, uh... She's SAG qualified right now, I think. She was mm. waiting for the strike to end. Yeah. So yeah, she can be sure. SAG soon. That's I think she just has to do. What does that mean? Screen um, Actors Yeah, Guild. Screen Actors Guild. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So SAG qualified means she's done enough work in SAG certified movies, uh, and then she, I can't remember the details, but yeah, <laughs> she's like, close to, to being good. a SAG certified actress. So she's still in Utah. Acting? Mm -hmm. She's still in Utah, but I believe she does uh, go out to LA for stuff mm -hmm. every now and then. Uh, but she does a lot of advertisements. That's what a lot of yeah, Utah's filmmaking cool. is, is advertising. So from the ad agency I worked for out there, mm -hmm. that's how I met Kenna. Told her this idea of this film. She was all in. Um, again, from the ad agency I worked with, I had this great uh, director of photography named Alan Baird. Yeah, so I wanted to say that it's shot very nicely. Alan like, it's is... Amazing as this far kid's as... <laughs> a wonderkind, man. I'm not even sure if he's 21 yet, so yeah. like he's, he can't even drink yet, wow. but he might be now. I don't know. He's got... <laughs> He's got his own stuff called Unirealm Productions that you can look up, which is really great. Uh, but yeah, I met him from work. Yeah. Um, Spencer, who was my producer, uh, another person from work, and then Dixie, who did all the set design yeah. for the uh, the craft store strip club. Mm -hmm. She um, she also, I, I worked with at Chamber Media. Uh, the only person I didn't work with at Chamber, I still met through Chamber, which is our makeup person. Mm -hmm. um, she just uh, freelanced with, nice. with them. And She's so because I was working with an ad agency and I knew all these people, I was able to do it for yeah. pretty cheap. Yeah. I did that whole film for about 300 bucks, I think. Whoa, nice. that's really good. Yeah. Oh, so I got that studio because I knew I wasn't laid yeah. off yet. And then uh, <laughs> I got laid off the following weekend. <laughs> uh, so like we, we barely got that one out of time. <laughs> Uh, doing some reshoots in the garage or oh, something. Man, yeah, <laughs> close. Uh, but yeah, it was so fun, man. And like, that's cool. That project taught me how much easier it is to make a film than I had always thought. Yeah. Uh, you just gotta know. Especially, you just gotta reach out to the right people. Mm -hmm. The and, teamwork. That's what yeah. I loved about film when I studied it, and I was like, it's such a collaborative effort. Like, no one can do this stuff by themselves. Exactly. I mean, you could, maybe, but it would, I don't know. It's, you really shouldn't. You shouldn't try. <laughs> because it's, and it's so much that you, I mean, especially a big, big film. I mean, there's just thousands of people that go into making like a Marvel studio film or something like that. I yeah. Mean, it's, it's absolutely impossible for, and it's such a community effort and so many people doing very specific things on set. And it's so fun. Man. Yeah. It's so, so fun. So creative and so always you're like constantly having to, to, 
problem solved and create mm-hmm. and you know figure out how to do certain things. But the thing as I got out of it, learning more about the the industry as a whole, especially Hollywood, but even here, it's like they're assholes, man. Like oh, I, yeah. I, I, that's not an industry that what do you I. Mean, why you say that? Because they they treat their employees terribly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why everyone's yeah. striking because yeah. they're and it's dangerous, frankly. I mean, a woman, Alec Baldwin killed a woman. <laughs> I mean, yeah. because of negligence and Lack all of kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. just. So it's, it's it's a dangerous craft to get into. I mean, I mean have you looked into the details of Rust too? Huh? Have you looked into the details that, of Rust? I mean, I was following it. It actually was going to happen. Yeah, I, 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 it was I, so bad. In my opinion, I think I know what happened. Was like they were off guys around in the desert shooting the guns mm-hmm. with real bullets when they're off time. <clears throat> didn't take the bullets out or whatever and they didn't check it so when well the crew also they didn't have enough hotels yeah on filming location for the crew so the crew were actually staying like an hour and a half away Mm. from where the filming was so the crew had to wake up an extra hour and a half Mm. and had an hour and a half less time when they got home yeah filming days are already long especially for crew yeah on average like what 12 to 14 hours yeah and then they then they you go home and go yeah. to sleep for four hours and come back and do it again. Yeah. That's the dangerous oh, okay. part. And it's yeah. laborious. I yeah. mean, like, for acting is fun. Yeah. Acting is so yeah. fun. But, like... <laughs> We're working on the lighting. Being a crew and, and like, just being... Mm-hmm. Even when you're one of the boom guys, you're yeah. just holding that up. That's your job. Mm-hmm. Is to just hold this up and aim it towards one yeah. of the actors for 12 to 14 hours a day. Oof. And the lights... I mean, the lights crew... Yeah, yeah they're... They, they mm-hmm. work wonders. They make the movies. They are the silent heroes of mm-hmm. any cinema. Uh, but the amount of work that goes in between each shot. I mean, being on set, yeah. if you're not one of the crew members, is boring. Yeah, well, even for it's the crew, be, yeah. it's like, I mean, I, the way they talk about it is a lot of hurry up and wait. Yes. Because you have to rush, 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 and then you're waiting for four hours for whatever it is for somebody else to do whatever they have to do. Yeah. It's just like, and that to me was like, ah, oh, this sucks. I don't want to be on set for 14 hours a day. And, it's you. It takes like a special kind of crazy. crazy. Yeah. It takes I, a special I, kind I just, of crazy to be there. So I, I dropped out of that, but I loved what I learned and the stuff that I learned, I'm going to think about for the rest of my life. I mm-hmm. mean, as far as watching films, I love watching them and studying them in that way and doing stuff like this. I learned so much about, you know, you don't have to necessarily work on film sets to use those skills, like doing ads and things. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm definitely interested in doing more of it. I just, um, the that's film good, industry I, yeah. is, is not, because I was like, I'm going to go and work on movies. That's why yeah. I was interested yeah. in. And then I was like, man, maybe not. <laughs> well, but, I like to do skits. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I do little doing, yeah. Sketch comedies or something. Like doing Question short films and doing. Mm-hmm. It said you wrote and directed. Mm-hmm. Be. How do you start writing? How do you get your ideas? Where yeah, do you, ironically, you know? B started from a sketch that I wrote. Oh, okay. Uh, and I can show you guys the original. Um, yeah. I was on a sketch comedy group uh, back in Utah as well. Um, how do you start writing? It's as simple as start writing. Like it's That's right. yeah. Do you take uh, one of your jokes maybe, and then kind of like? So this one started off with a joke. Um, yeah. I, I came home, uh, or I, I was visiting my mom's place, my parents' place in Utah. And it was the summertime, and my mom likes to put up a different wreath uh, according to the month. Oh, yeah. On the, the season door. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> my mom loves Spring, that kind of stuff. summer wreath. So it was some kind of wreath with fake flowers mm-hmm. on it. 
and I saw this bee sniffing up the fake flower. Oh, uh, yeah. And I was like, I wonder if fake flowers are pornography for bees. Because you think about it, <laughs> perfect, you know, petals, they're all fake and plastic. Yeah. They're not the real thing. Yeah, but right. Like, that makes sense. You get to, like, indulge yourself in, like, fantasies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's like it, and never, so, it never goes bad. It never gets old. and <laughs> Yeah. You know, like women. <laughs> so I started doing a stand-up bit of it of that and it was fun but it was kind of hard to provide the context right. to really make it's it like into a, a stand up joke mm-hmm. yeah but that joke really lended itself to a sketch right and so I wrote a sketch about it uh, in the original one um, we didn't actually go to the craft store but it was just the bee and the flower fighting and yeah it was yeah. just talking about locations yeah kind of thing. what makes them unhappy um, and all of that so so yeah that's really where it came from was was that kind of joke that's a good uh, idea. That's a good idea. I never thought about. I mean, obviously, so many people like Seinfeld and you know Tim Allen or whatever. It's like they make TV shows based on their comedies. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. And like a lot of the premises are joke premises, but that's a great way to to even start a short film or yeah. or whatever it is that you want. To, any comment? Well, can we? Can yeah. comment? Are we cool with spoiling it? Are we cool? Well, with yeah, we can spoil it. Well, right. link it. I mean, it'll, yeah, 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 it's really good. Thank I mean, you. From what I've seen, I mean, yeah. I just I like how it takes like a dramatic twist. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of silly in itself, <laughs> yeah. which off, obviously delivers this almost heavy-handed kind of like yeah, like uh, it's been hard for me to submit it to festivals because I don't. I keep trying to submit it under comedy. Yeah, but I think a lot of festivals are like, is it? Yeah. <laughs> but then when you submit it under drama, people are like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> so I keep submitting comedy because I know if I do, people will laugh where I want them to laugh. Yeah. Whereas if I submit drama, I think when the jokes come by, people will be like, is that supposed to be a joke? And they're yeah. like, yes, yeah. it's okay to laugh. But it, so. that's what I liked about it too is they had this almost like light heart. It was like I said, it's a great vessel to deliver this idea of like, you know, porn in a relationship, mm-hmm. and then ta- hearing where you took from comedy you're it, and it is very funny because he's yeah. sitting there looking online at these, <laughs> these flowers, at these flowers, flowers just like, and then she's very but she's still very upset about it uh-huh. you know and then in the end i, I almost cried <laughs> Man, i'm not even joking yeah i was like she what the yeah. For. yeah. She, she quit way too easy. <laughs> she wasn't the one, man. You're good. Uh, you know? well, that's funny because I take the flower side when I wrote. Really? Yeah, when I wrote it, I definitely took the flower side. Yeah, I, yeah. I would say. So. I mean, it was to me. It was like, yeah, it was very. Uh, it's an interesting look at a relationship and very real emotions that mm-hmm. people yeah. have. And but it's just silly. I I love the. I must. I was watching it. And I was thinking like it must have been so much fun to like come up with like all these weird like bee jokes and stuff where you can <laughs> yeah, fit in like was, yeah. the replacement thing uh, or whatever it is so so yeah I sent it to a lot of my comedy friends for punch ups and stuff yeah. like that but then like some like Buzzy yeah. was on the Buzzies is a good one <laughs> uh, it was just as me and Kenna as Alan was setting up lights in the camera uh, Alan and Spencer me and Kenna were just going over lines and um, Kenna pretty much coached me I wrote directed but like Kenna she helped yeah, me more so much. Oh, she is a much more professional mm-hmm. than I am. That's why I wanted her. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so as we're going back and forth, uh, at one of those takes, um, we said Buzzy. I can't even remember who did it, but it, it came up from reading the lines in between Buzzy. Mm-hmm. We're like, this is so much more fun yeah. to say Buzzy yeah. than Buddy. The silly, yeah, uh, stuff like that. That was so funny and just little tiny details that you might not even catch. The original line was just best friends. They're my best friends. And she's yeah. like, am I not your friend? <laughs> but then it was just so much funnier as yeah. a beat to be like, they're my buzzies. I can't. <laughs> <they're> my buzzies. <laughs> like, I want to be your buzzie. That's what I, it made, like I said, it shaved the hard edge off yeah. of that moment. Well, and I've yeah. always been a fan of like Taika Waititi 
who is really good at kind of juxtaposing comedy mm-hmm. with yeah, uh, with serious. drama. Mm-hmm. Um, I love any movie that can balance those two right. really well. Um, so Tyke is kind of my more recent example. I know there's other uh, people that I'm not giving proper credit for, like Mike Birbiglia. You know, oh, like yeah. his one man, his stand-up specials really blend that line of mm-hmm. one-man show with stand-up yeah. comedy. And so, like, my girlfriend's boyfriend and Sleepwalk With Me particularly mm-hmm. both have these very deep emotional points in their story where you kind of forget it's a comedy. And I love when you can do that because I think when you can make people forget it's a comedy, when you bring a punchline back, it's that much mm-hmm. funnier. Yeah, really Which I didn't do in B. Yeah. I didn't really bring it, it ended on a low note yeah that's yeah. I was like uh, is that it dang no that's just <laughs> but that's good that's yeah. me as a new writer right. still learning I mean, this myself you know and it's a short film I mean there's only so much you can do anyway so I mean it kind of has to yeah. end at some I, point I almost think mm-hmm. you could I mean I felt like oh I want to see the, the next one that's what it yeah. felt yeah. I was like I want to see what happens hopefully next. yeah you can do which um, is a good place to be yeah in so later. you know and, and Petunia yeah. is finally going to see the world for yeah. the first time I think that's the optimism of it is she was being held back by Jerry. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you catch that his name was Jerry? Jerry? Yeah, the B. From, from there's, oh, there's yeah. one small scene where you can see on, on the note she writes there's to him. Jerry. It says Jerry. Well, I, I think I saw Is that in the Oh, it's in the like, credits too. Yeah, yeah 100%. It's yeah, it's, it's 100% <laughs> yeah. a, a call to Jerry Seinfeld in the movie. Mm-hmm. Saw yeah. a movie too, though, uh, right? Yeah, oh, it is actually, actually a pretty good movie. I haven't yeah. actually watched it. I heard it was terrible, so I was like, I'm only gonna watch this. It's, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not. Yeah. There's a reason we're not talking about right. it, you know, in high praise, <laughs> and it's more of a meme. But well, it's, it's still a decent it's so movie. Weird yeah, to me it that like, yeah. that's probably, like, has he ever done any other movies besides that? Like, he's never done movies. Mm-hmm. No. Seinfeld? Yeah. I don't believe shows. So I remember he did a show called The Marriage Ref. Uh, it was oh, a hmm. it was like a late night show oh. where I would love to see my wife wearing this. The only thing that makes him seem gay is I'd like to see him in this. Um I've never heard of that. I, I only remember the pilot, so I don't yeah. think it lasted long. He did do Seinfeld. Well, the yeah. pilot was like, uh, oh yeah. But that's a, uh, I just never thought about. It. He's he's that's really the only thing he's done is Seinfeld. I mean, besides you know, I as mean, far as like the big thing. And is, Seinfeld means he'll never have to do anything. <laughs> yeah, which that's I'm what I love saying, Radcliffe. Just, you know, Daniel Radcliffe oh, has yeah. made so much money off of Harry Potter. Harry Potter that when he does he a can movie, do, yeah, he could do whatever. He when wants. he's in a movie, I get so excited because it's like it's because he can like. These are the movies actors always want to mm-hmm. do, and I'm not going to fault the actors. You got to get paid. You get, yeah. you just need to make money, and you can't afford to do these mm-hmm. indie movies for the rest of your life unless you're Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. So whenever I see his name, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Because he's choosing these movies. What was that? Uh, the ones where he had his hands stuck to guns or something? Like, oh like, yeah. No, I haven't. I don't know. I know, I know the poster, yeah. but I haven't seen well, it. We did that Victor Frankenstein too, with like a long time ago. Yeah, I haven't seen either. Dude, of he those. just does like, a lot of cool uh, stuff. Swiss Army Man, yeah. though. That Swiss Army Man. Yeah, was that's the one. I'm which, thinking. by the way, same writers and directors. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, okay. Which oh, is nice. yeah, one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies in recent. Oh, and I, that's another one that's really good at balancing comedy mm-hmm. with really deep. I, I still haven't seen moments. that. I'm like ashamed to say I haven't seen that. It's it's like everyone's maybe recency bias. Uh, although I am going to get tattoos uh, from that movie oh, eventually. Really? Yeah. 
I'm gonna yeah. good uh, rock some googly eyes on my it. couch. I just been, <laughs> I've been waiting because it's like I, I should have saw it in the theater or something when it was it out, was, and then yeah. it was like, and then it's like trying to find it on streaming, and it's like oh, I just didn't like rent it or. It's something. streaming now. I can't yeah. remember where. I know. I just and then I forgot. It's on Netflix. So. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's, it's on Netflix. It's, yeah. it's a, I got it queued up. Oh, it's so, it's so good. One of my favorite theater experiences, though. Yeah. It was. I went so when I was. Uh, I know you guys want to talk about it later, but like <laughs> when I was leaving the church, when I was starting to realize I didn't want to be Mormon anymore, I'd stop going to church and started going to movies on Sundays instead. That's a good replacement. I always talk about this. It's like I I quit smoking cigarettes. I mean, this is 10 years ago, but it's like, so I quit, I recently quit drinking. I I, I quit all these things and it's like, and and those are things are hard to do for, I mean, quitting the church is probably on a similar level as far as like. um, I I I wouldn't say it's it's not as physically hard. Right. But it's emotionally hard though because you're leaving community. But but my thing is for it's these, you have to replace these something with, you know, the things that you're giving up a lot of the times. So that's an interesting thing to hear that you, you know, it's like instead of doing this thing where you always did every Sunday, it's like, well, I got to go somewhere. So you like. <laughs> so I went and saw movies every Sunday. And mm-hmm. so I'd go see, I'd get used to just seeing movies by myself. Yeah. Um, and that's, then. That's uh, the way I go. You know, a I year don't... or two later, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once came out. Yeah. And um, I saw it about a month and a half after it had already come mm-hmm. out or two months. I knew that like people loved it. I didn't know anything about the movie though, and that was the perfect the way to go way, into yeah. it. Is knowing nothing. It was me and one other person in the theater, yeah, and yeah. when the credits rolled, both of us. I mean, we're on like opposite ends <laughs> of the theater. Neither of us stood up though. We're just like sitting in there, being like, "What did we just yeah. watch?" Yeah. It was. It's. I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. I, I think it well deserved its best picture nomination and all their nominations last mm-hmm. year. Um, yeah, I'll check it out for uh-huh. sure. And you got to, man. It's so good. It's one of those that just seems like this weird, like, um, cultural phenomenon. And movies do this a lot, not a lot, but there are often movies that do that where it's something so life changing in a weird way. Because I think movies yeah. are powerful in these. Uh, they, there is an they, importance to movies in that way. Yeah, if, and if they they're can. well done like that. They can be powerful, or sometimes it can just be. The Rock getting out of his hospital <laughs> yeah. bed and breaking his cast by flexing. <laughs> that doesn't teach me anything in that's life, awesome. and yet that's still one of the most fun I've ever had watching a movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so movies don't need to. I think there's this, uh, this balance mm-hmm. of yeah. movies, because I think movies can be very important to people. What are uh, uh, but sometimes they don't need to be. Yeah. I love the fast movies. Yeah, The fast <laughs> movies are so fun. I love them, too. I didn't even learn shit. From any of those, <laughs> but you don't need to. It's just fun to watch cars fly to the moon. I mean, <laughs> we're in outer space. Told you numbers don't lie. This is crazy, bro. Candy, did you eat? Well, I, I I eat candy when I get nervous. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like adventure movies to me, which yeah. I love adventure yeah. movies. What, That's the big thing. What got for, you into film? What what made you want to yeah. start making films? Uh, ever since I was a little kid, my dad was always kind of a bit of a, a movie buff, and so my dad always had us watch, uh, you know, like the Star Wars movies as kids. Oh, uh, and then um, I remember early on, uh, those Star Wars movies on VHS had. The little making of documentary yeah. before, and so I would always watch those as a kid mm-hmm. too. 
I not only would I love movies, I would love watching the yeah, making of the and seeing how these movies were made. Um, and so, as a young kid, I've always wanted to. My oldest brother made movies with his friends with oh, our little VHS camera. Nice. Uh, and so I didn't really make movies with my friends. My friends didn't care. Yeah. And then like the one I tried to do in sixth grade had no organization to it at all. <laughs> I was like, all right, I want to make a movie about hipsters. Uh, <laughs> it's about a hippie guy because I had a Halloween costume as a hippie. <laughs> the guy like, got cool. The He's a superhero. <laughs> He's uh, a superhero. <laughs> this line from this movie was funny. Uh, Warren, how about you say that word for word? Uh, let's not worry about copyright. <laughs> <laughs> I was 11. You I didn't know any better. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude, you got to cover <laughs> yeah. a song. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, no, my oldest brother would make music videos and movies with his friends. So I think part of it is just like that connection with my brother mm -hmm. and oh, okay. uh, and yeah. the you know the friendship he had with his friends by making movies. But also, as time got on, you know, the more I watched movies, the more I realized that same thing mm -hmm. that movies can be very powerful mm -hmm. or they can be very silly. Yeah, they're mm -hmm. just such a fun form of expression. Right. Um, and there's a point where I lost interest in making that, and I, I regret that. I mm. wish, I wish I was the dorky film kid in yeah. high school, instead uh, of being the football kid who's third string. <laughs> it's not like I was getting anywhere being the sports kid. That's, that's but I wanted that, to be the sports kid. Yeah, well, that's that's good. I mean, I was gonna say like something we talk about a lot is like trying, you know, for people that you know you have some way that you want to go it's like you should just follow that yeah because if you don't you're gonna regret it and yeah it's like and if you try to do something that somebody else wants you to do that's never gonna work when out i was so as a kid especially i was so obsessed with image mm -hmm. with how people were seeing yeah. me and in perception and so i didn't follow my own yeah. path because like theater Oh, my brothers hated theater, mm -hmm. so I can't yeah. do theater. You're like, I'm not going to do that. You know, but I really wanted I wanted to do theater. Mm -hmm. um, and that's all on me. I'm not going to sit there. But you, yeah. knew, you knew back then you wanted to do yeah. it. Right. Oh, yeah. The but that's the, yeah. that's the thing. Is exactly. Like, it's, it's so yeah. hard. I and mean, so I wanted to be the mm -hmm. film kid, but I just never did it. And so like you like said, your friends, travel. like if your friends were made more into it, you probably would have been more. Yeah. But you well, didn't have those people that were Also, if I got more involved in like the clubs in yeah. high school, I yeah. think that's one thing. Could have. I wrote a uh, feature length movie that's really a love letter to college clubs hmm. um, and high school clubs too. I, I think. That's a good idea. I, I, I had this idea for a movie about college kids. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just like so something like, about that is. The comedy club in college for me was my circle of friends as well. Uh that's uh, yeah. so much of my socializing uh, the people I still keep in contact with these days from college 90% mm -hmm. of them are from the, the comedy clubs and so like uh, I think there's a, a real um, value to high school and college clubs that we make fun of mm -hmm. and in my movie I make fun of them too they are cheesy they yeah. are but they have a lot Some of value is. to them as well. And I think I could have made friends right. by joining you, uh, you know, an AV club mm -hmm. in high school. And, yeah. you know, I just didn't know. That's the other thing. Yeah. I wish I could time travel and just be like, hey, this is where you can find yeah, it. This is, uh, what, this you is what you're looking for. Here's a map. But I think it's good to, to, to make sure that young people or everybody knows that. Because even if you're in your 30s, like, it's, like, it's never too late to start right. following. Exactly. Those those feelings and, and get into that because I didn't uh, you know I didn't get into comedy or I didn't get into copywriting which is yeah. a job I love now until I was in my 30s mm -hmm. um, so I didn't start it's, making films until a, in my yeah. 30s yeah because this is the first 
film that you've made that be like a of that a, quality? Yeah, I mean, so I did, like I was in a sketch comedy before that called mm-hmm. The Darned. <clears throat> you can find those videos on YouTube. They're very. <laughs> <shitty>. um, <laughs> we all tried our best, but you yeah. know, uh, it was a fun group. Um, but yeah, so we we made videos for that group right. as well. So you had some experience. Yeah, that, yeah that... but it was my time at Chamber mm-hmm. Media, that was... uh, working at that agency where I realized, oh, this is how we can get quality. Mm-hmm. This is where I can rent equipment. Right, that was that's... a huge thing: is learning to rent equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's, that's. I mean, with the school, they have a bunch. O Triple C. Yeah, it's like that's a good resource if you go there, anyways. But, um, but yeah, there's film equipment houses that you can get stuff from, which that'd be cool. I'd be interested in working because I love sound. I, mm-hmm. I'm the sound guy. If you need a sound guy, call me. I've got, I got the equipment. I've I don't got have an any, idea for another short have, film. So. We'd have to get like a boom mic and a recorder because I don't have that necessarily, but I, I know all about it, but yeah. I'd be interested. I've in got it. an idea for a short film that I want to get the comedians involved as yeah. actors in and uh, that I want to film yeah. out here. So for sure. uh, we can talk I'd after to, after the, the involved. Um because for me, I, I need to meet people that are camera guys, uh, camera, what do they call Cam ops or whatever. Yeah. It's like the, or... Uh, DPs. Yeah, because I, I like, you know, I love photography. I like doing that stuff, but I, something, I don't, I'm not into, like, filming. I would not be the person holding the camera or doing all that stuff if I was on a film. It's just not something that um, I'm that interested in necessarily, but it's like, I can do it, but yeah. I'm not, you know, I, well, I did better the, uh, to meet people that I love I did doing the 48-hour film festival here in Oklahoma just so I could meet yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, so. I, and that was great. I did, uh, you know, there's a few few more people that I can right. talk to now. And, there's, and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of, I know a couple of people that I met in school that I'm, I'm interested in reaching out to and, and doing stuff because there's, yeah. you know, they were getting started a couple years ago, but now they're, they're doing their capstones and getting more involved and... Yeah, project. So all it takes, man, is just reaching out to the other people, mm-hmm. even if you don't know them that well. Just yeah. be like, hey, yeah, this absolutely. is something I'd love to do. I'd like your work. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you'd love to collaborate, let me know. So hopefully, yeah, sometimes yeah. just asking is enough. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing that that's the lesson I need to take with producing shows and comedy is mm-hmm. like, so many comedians are producing shows here, and I'm like, how are you getting these people? And like, I just ask. Yeah. yeah. Like, what? A lot of times, it's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. People are looking for something to do, something to fill that gap. And a lot of times, exactly. A lot of times, so I think whenever, sometimes, whenever you reach out to someone, it's like they feel very flattered. I think, and a lot of times, like, oh, you were thinking about me for this thing you're doing. I mean, I think a lot of people are drawn to that. If you approach it that way too, like, hey, I was at your venue. Yeah, yeah. And man, this would be a great place. This would be a great spot, even if it's not. Yeah. (laughs) There's a. I had this dream of buying out Neon Coffee on the the plaza at the end there just because I thought it'd be a perfect spot for a tight comedy yeah. venue mm-hmm. they, it did get bought out but mm-hmm. the the new place that it's going to be I think would be a good spot for comedy it's a, it's yeah. a margarita house oh yeah cool um, yeah. so I don't know when it's opening but as soon as it does I'm going to try to reach out to the owner yeah. and try like, to hey, shows yeah, yeah like, hey man awesome. I would love to get yeah. some shows here yeah. so does that did you do that at, in Utah and in no Utah? I had a friend I had a friend who was really good at that and so Oh, okay. uh, he produced a ton of shows. It was called uh, Happy Valley Comedy. Nice. Uh, I'm not sure how much he's still producing out there, um, but he produced so much that because of him, I was performing at least once a week in yeah. Utah. Oh, nice! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I had a show show. 
yeah. once a week. Well, if everybody produced one show, <laughs> yeah. you know, we'd yeah, all we'd be, be doing good. pretty That's good. That's true. You know? That's true. And it's so easy. I mean, the, the entry is just like how much you believe in yourself. Yeah. You know? He's yes. just, <laughs> just I know how to put an event together. Yeah. I might not be a great comedian, but I can put it <laughs> Yeah. And, you and can a, host it. Exactly. Yeah, and a PA so, together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, shout out Ryan Proviscard of uh, Happy Valley Comedy. Yo, what up, Ryan? Uh, <laughs> he's great. Um, so uh, yeah, he he produced a lot of comedy shows because he had that event organization mentality. He just liked hanging out with comedians. Mm-hmm. He has a really good ear for comedy. Mm-hmm. Like he he really knows who's a good comedian and who's not. But he doesn't really care to perform that much. Every now and then, we'll tease him and he'll get on a mic and stuff. Yeah. But he doesn't really care to like do comedy himself he just likes comedians and comedy and so uh but he was really good at organizing events um in fact it was i had a uh kind of like a residency at this theater called improv broadway in provo where every i think i had the first friday of every month i just had a show i could do and so i would do the show yeah i did i did a show called the comediathlon from improv broadway this is the Comediathlon. It was a three-round comedy competition. Um, I'd love to bring it back. It just, I need to rework it. I think there's yeah. things we can do better, and I haven't figured out what that is yet. Yeah. But anyways, I uh, Ryan had a camera, and I was like, hey, man, I'd love to get some pictures for this for my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hired him to take photos, and then backstage, he was like, how, how did you, how did Tanner get you on the show? Like, Talking to all the other comedians, and like he asked, yeah, he was like, "Just ask us if we do it." So Ryan got inspired by that and started producing shows cool. in Utah, and just asking the comedians around there, mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, really it's... kind of helped build a scene down in Utah County. Yeah, because Utah County and Salt Lake County are two completely mm-hmm. different. Utah Salt Lake County is where Salt Lake City is. Yeah, Utah County is where Provo is. And Utah County is the very more Mormon, clean, mm-hmm. friendly. Uh, so your shows had to be clean. Most of them. Yeah. Yeah. Because most of them had to be clean. Otherwise, people frequenting wouldn't be able to. Right. You'd lose a lot of your yeah. audience, and, and that mm-hmm. happened. There's a few shows that we lost because you know one comedian just went too far, and mm-hmm. uh, all of that. How but, far is too far? <laughs> Mormon audience. That's the hard like, thing. That that's the... so. That's what gets really frustrating about clean is there's no real distinct line, and like some people. PG-13 is totally fine material, mm-hmm. whereas other people, G-rated material might be too far. Yeah. So it's just, there is no distinct line, and it's really hard to clarify Especially, I mean, it, where that's going to be in a comedy show. It seems like maybe yeah. here, clean, you know, a clean show is much easier to put together, yeah. because you can get up to PG-13 probably and yeah. be okay, but... In Utah, it's probably like very, you know, hard I had a show to in Tulsa out. where I drove this, uh this professional comic from Oklahoma City to Tulsa with me and then after the show we were talking and in Tulsa I swore quite a bit mm-hmm. and like even told some sex jokes and he's like yeah. you're a clean comic and I was like I am like I didn't feel like I was tonight, <laughs> but like yeah the perspective of yeah. it too yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know I'm a huge advocate for clean comedy god forbid audiences have their preferences and if you can do clean cater to those audiences mm-hmm. Brian Regan and Nate Bergatti do weeks mm-hmm. in Salt Lake City Brian Regan rents out. He he does the Jazz Arena, the NBA Arena, for a week, and sells (laughs) out every show. Yeah, but it's probably Uh, getting up there too. Like if you can pull that off, if you can pull off a good set, a good set that's clean. then it's probably like oh, he has the run of the town because Mm -hmm. nobody else is doing that. 
Exactly. So I've got a lot of opportunities just because I'm clean. Yeah. Yeah. You got sorry. a lot of opportunities uh, just because I'm not. clean. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <Liz. laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> what the heck was that? <laughs> that was just water, too. Golly! <laughs> that voice golly, oh! That's mine and Liz's My, favorite joke. The Becky voice? We wait for that golly. Golly! <laughs> when we first saw him. Uh, when I was getting into sketch writing, yeah. and uh, when I was like my early days of comedy, I was kind of exploring character comedy as well. And I'll dress up as this teenage girl named Becky, and I'll read from my diary. Oh, yeah. uh, That's awesome. Those are still on YouTube somewhere. The Becky videos. You know, Dear diary, today sucked. <laughs> uh, Cindy Neville is the devil. Dear diary, Cindy Neville is the devil. I cannot believe she did this to me. Just before school started, I would have told you that Cindy would be my new best friend. She was so nice, but now she sucks. Um, that's one of the episodes I remember. But yeah, I wrote like uh, just a, a season's worth of diary entries of this girl in, in awesome. high school. Uh, it was fun. That's fun, it was fun to like, like, put yourself in the yeah, perspective. Yeah, it's completely it was, different. Those were the early days when I was like, really like, I got to figure out how to get voice acting into my comedy quick. Because mm -hmm. I don't do voices in my comedy yeah. really. Other than, golly! Yeah, you don't really you know? do. Yeah. I don't, it's an interesting thing. I don't... Uh, Sometimes I'll see. Nobody really too. does impressions uh, that I've seen. Maybe it's like I'm not in style anymore to do a lot of impressions. Like overall for comedy, Brandon will yeah. do some. Yeah, Brandon will do some for his. Uh, I don't know. It's something bit. I, I yeah. thought about recently. It's <laughs> He's like, got that new Cosby it? bit. He does Cosby really well. Yeah. Definitely not on yeah. the like David, Sp not David Spade, a uh, Dana Carvey level of impressions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it used to be really. I mean, yeah. I think that if you can do a good impression, then it usually hits. I mean, yeah. But it's kind of rare to find. It's so important to be an individual now. Yeah. Because that's really the only difference. Well, if you're doing impressions, SNL is still very valuable for yeah. SNL auditions. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's definitely still Kid I went to high school with did a season of SNL. Oh. Uh, and uh, he did musical comedy, and then he did, like, they asked if he had any impressions, and he posted on his TikTok the other day, he did an impression of Jay Cutler. He's like, I don't do impressions, so he just did Jay Cutler, and all he did was just smoke cigarettes and be like, I don't give a shit what's going on right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's really funny whenever it's like that. Because there are some people that do some... Keep some that. I'm sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. I think, I've think i seen some people do some bits where it's like impressions, but they're not actually impressions. They're just you know jokes that, where it's like yeah. combining two people. I think yeah. that's funny, but it's not actually good impressions, but it's just a funny joke. I'm a huge SNL guy, yeah. and so like it seems like every week... There's um, there's a, a sketch that'll be like a cyclorama of impressions, basically. Yeah. It's just, come in, oh, here's John Mulaney <laughs> reading Britney Spears' book. And then I shaved my head, you know? And then that's all it is. And then they go off and there's another celebrity. Yeah. And Al Pacino, those were the hardest years of my life. You know, that's that's all it is. It's mm. just all the all the comedians doing their best impressions that's pretty good. and putting it into a game. I haven't watched SNL in a while. SNL... So I used to love it. But it's, it's so... Yeah. I know a lot of people love to rip on SNL and it's fair, mm -hmm. but I watch SNL from a different perspective, yeah. which to me, from a production standpoint, I am fascinated that they take zero on Monday and make an hour and a half show yeah. on yeah, Saturday. The end, the end the they have nothing. Mm -hmm. And then they made an hour and a half show Whenever a sketch is like good, that's like a slam dunk victory yeah. because like it's, it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard 
to do that in one week. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's probably some people. That's why I think nobody realizes that. So it's easy to be like, oh, this is not good. Yeah. Well, it's like they did it in four they days. They did it in four days. <laughs> what would you do? Yeah. What would you do? I yeah. think yeah. yeah. I, I think when they do get a good sketch, that's when you're yeah. like, oh yes, they yeah. did it. Yeah. And when it's bad, it's like. Man, they had four days to do this. Mm-hmm. And like the fact That's that they the had thing. four days and they got set design. They've yeah. got costumes. Yeah, exactly. They have makeup. And they're doing this live in an hour and a half. Watching it from that perspective yeah, makes yeah. Saturday Night Live almost like a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, And it's so fun to watch from that perspective. That's interesting. I'll have to think about that the next time I, I watch it. But I, I love like it. I, said, I love it, man. The fact that they do it so quickly. I think it's, yeah. for me, I've always just been fascinated by the performers themselves. Yeah. And, and the ability to put on a live show like that and there's, do it as well as they do it I think it's incredible there's it's a new been... cast member I can't remember her name now but she did uh, look up um, Orphan in the Moon Timothy Chalamet oh, yeah. uh, it was Timothy Chalamet's episode a few mm-hmm. weeks ago and it's this orphan who keeps not getting adopted and she sings a song to the moon about it <laughs> and she's got pipes Yeah, she sings so well the song is so funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole sketch is, is brilliantly done. Um, Check that out. So yeah, fun. I can't remember her name now, but that actress, <laughs> she's gonna be big. She's I think she's gonna be like the standout from this new cast. Mm-hmm. So that's good. And that's the thing about SNL is like it it makes people into stars. I mean, yeah, really. So well, like Bowen Yang, I remember yeah. his first seasons. Yeah, he wasn't like nailing every sketch, but you could you could just tell mm-hmm. when you saw Bowen. You're like he's. <laughs> he's going to be the one from this class that really stands out. So, and then like the kid I went to high school with didn't stand out and after one season got cut. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's because he thought they brought him on because he was a musical comedian. Mm -hmm. And uh, I listened to him talk about this in interviews and they liked him just because of like one sketch he did in his audition. But nobody really communicated that to him. So he never really tried to do anything in that realm. And so uh, his Mm. best sketches got cut for time. Uh, His name's Luke Knoll. His best sketch is a comedy to- or a wedding toast. It's where um, he he sings a song to John Mulaney and his new wife, uh, who's Cecily Strong, I think is who it was. Yeah. Uh, and the whole song is about how they're f-ing each other behind John Speck. <laughs> it's it's a great song. Awesome. It's a great sketch. Yeah. What is it called? What's his name? Uh, Luke Knoll. Luke Knoll. N U L L. He just filmed a special. I don't know when it's coming out, mm. but oh nice. Cool. Uh, he's a very funny comedian. I got to uh, I got to do a show, or I didn't do a show with him, but I was at the same festival as him in Sacramento last year. And it was cool to catch up and be like, hey, you are miles ahead of where <laughs> yeah. I want to be. That's awesome but, to, uh, to know someone like that. And, to, you know, you could hit him up if you ever, you know, uh, you know, even wanted to. Well, if he ever, like, comes down here, I'll, I'm definitely going to reach out and be like, hey, man, I'd love to open for yeah, you. do something. You know, because sure. what, what's Oklahoma City want but two Cincinnati kids? So, yeah, it's it's cool to see that. And, like, um I love following him and seeing that you know he's doing very well for himself now, and like because he he stayed in his niche. He's still yeah. doing musical comedy. Right. He gets his guitar up there, That's cool. uh, just sings songs, uh, but very fun. Mm-hmm. He's very fun. So what was this uh, Neverland PD thing? Oh, Neverland PD, I co-wrote. Did you? Uh huh. Okay, yeah, nice. Neverland PD is a great one too. That's uh, Spencer Berry, the one who produced "Be with Me." He came up with this idea for Neverland PD. Which was the idea of like doing Reno 911 set in Neverland. That's essentially <laughs> That's what it was. I like the premise a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so he had a lot of the ideas for the characters and who he wanted the characters to be and how what their relationship with each other was. 
And then uh, we both worked at Chamber Media at the same time. And so one day after work, we just got on a whiteboard in one of the rooms and just stayed there until we kind of blocked out the storylines. Mm-hmm. What that look uh, like? Like, how'd you block it out? What'd you do? It's messy, man. <laughs> um, basically, uh, I think we rewrote the storyline a few times, too. So that's, I mean, writing is rewriting. Yeah. But basically, we just write down anything on the board that we think is funny. Here's the storyline. Here's, what if we think about this? Um, early on, we thought it would be funny if Captain Hook hated Crocs the shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Uh, and so, somewhere around there, I was like, what if there's a Croc ring? Because the <laughs> Croc ring and cock ring is funny. <laughs> uh... So, like, there's a drug ring, but it's with Crocs. And <laughs> so I drew, you know, Crocs in the circle. Um, so we came along that that idea pretty quick. Uh, Spencer knew that we wanted to focus on Nibley as the main character and that he would be a new recruit. So really it's just kind of writing down the ideas we have and then just anything that comes to mind. Be like, oh, what if this happens? And then mm. the more you write, the more you can kind of find connections okay. over here. It. So like, oh, so we do this. And they're like, oh, but, you know, we have Tinkerbell doing this. And like, oh, so if she does this, that can help cross over to this storyline. Are you marking out, like, your exposition, rising action, no. climax, and, um, like, in, or, like, within that? Or I just... wrote that with my feature-length film. I wrote it that way. Yeah. With the, kind of the save the cat beat the sheet. Yeah. Um, but with this one, no, because we, it was going to be shorter. We just kind of... Watched a few episodes of Reno 911, kind of got the idea of that, and mm-hmm. no, we didn't really do anything yeah, like the that. Circle story kind of thing, but it, it kind of fit itself into that path. Anyways. I think, yeah, I yeah. think that, that sometimes I think there's something about that because Dan Harmon, the guy, the from, story uh, circle, yeah, uh, community uh, and Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty and, writer. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, he, his theory. I think that that's just almost a natural thing you can't almost get away from. So if you watch, if especially you, if you watch Harmon Town or was it Harmon Town Harmon Quest, hmm. you'll notice he naturally does that with his characters yeah. too. He'll, yeah, that's what I thought was interesting that he does it in like so many different levels. So mm. it's just like, what the hell? Yeah, like, Harmon <laughs> Quest, that D and D thing. Yeah, he did? yeah, yeah okay. that was fun. You'll notice yeah. a lot of his character will make choices that kind mm-hmm. of force that yeah. story circle to happen. It's it's weird. I think it's so, something kind of natural. I think it's almost like music, where it's like, it, music is like there's this natural, you know, the circle, the fifths, or what, you know, it's like all these different... Yeah. It's like a natural thing in the in the world, and it's like similar with stories, and I don't know, maybe. So that's how, <laughs> I wish I could say, mainly because I wish it would make it easier for myself, too, I wish I could say that there was just... Uh, uh, you know, a, a drag and drop method to story writing. Yeah. Of like, okay, here's everything, and the beat sheet does help. Yeah. I've done beat sheets before. Helps you look at it in a way. But really, the way Neverland PD w- was written was we wrote down things we thought would be fun. We crossed out ideas that didn't work. Mm-hmm. We said stupid things. We said smart things, and we just put it all on the board and visually looked at it, and then crossed out, erased, rewrote. Yeah. Until we thought this is a good story, and then I wrote the first. I think I, I I could be wrong. I think I wrote the first script and then Spencer looked at that and then he wrote the second draft mm-hmm. based off the first draft. And then once he wrote that, I really got an idea of where he was going for mm-hmm. uh, and just helped punch that up. Um, 
and so yeah, so we co-wrote that one together. That's cool. And then he, Spencer, directed that one, and he was already a creative lead at Chamber Media, so he had a lot more directing experience than I did with me. Um, did we film Neverland PD? We might have filmed that after um, B. I can't remember when we filmed that. We filmed that a lot of it filmed at Chamber Media though. I didn't, oh, yeah. uh, I didn't see is that one on your YouTube. Also, it's not on my YouTube. Okay. Um, I'll have to look it up. But yeah, Neverland PD, man, I'm super proud of that one. I play Sergeant Smee, <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the right hand man to Hook. Uh, nice. Hook is played by Adam Brown, who's a very funny stand up comic as well uh, in Utah, um, and he also does a ton of improv. So he was just really good with his character and just coming up with like staying in character, which I envy mm. so much. <laughs> That's I want to take acting classes yeah. so I can be better at like staying in character. Um, yeah, loved. I loved working on that one, man. Uh, we keep talking about making a second one, and I would love to. And then it's just hard with us being in different states. What was the length of that one? What do you think? What do you think? Neverland PD 12 to 15, I think, yeah. wasn't it? So I like these bite size. It almost feels better but that's yeah. like telling that smaller story. Yeah. That's how a lot of filmmakers yeah. do because it's so hard to make anything at all. But like 10 minutes is like this short film kind of uh, yeah. length. Like a little usually. bite. Yeah. Uh, 1448. Okay, so I mean. So about 15 minutes. How long do you think it took to make? Oh, yeah. Uh, it took us two days. Two days, but yeah. everybody on. To write yeah. yeah, write and film. Oh, no, to shoot. Yeah. It took us Just two days to shoot. Two days to shoot. Yeah. shoot yeah. yeah. Uh, writing took us, um, once we actually like sat down, it, it took us uh, about a week or two to, to write out the to block out the story and write out the script. So it's like all um, that planning and everything. Yeah. That's still not that bad, man. Well, I yeah, it took and that's a lot more. that's. I mean, that's uh, that's the fun of working for a creative agency, is mm -hmm. I think because we did it full time. Our full time job was I wrote scripts, yeah. and then sent them to Spencer, and <laughs> Spencer and his team would look at the script and say, "How do we build this out into a set and film it, and put it on, you know, as an ad?" Mm -hmm. That was our day job. Yeah. So oh, no, to do it for process. stuff that to, for our our own personal projects. We had access to a lot of the equipment that we needed. We had access to um, space that we needed. Uh, and then we had creative access, too, with all of that. And so, uh, like, the guy who played Nibley, same thing with, like, how I loved working with Kenna and thought she was a great actress. Nibley is another actor that we had worked with that Spencer's like, I like the way this guy looks. I like this act. Mm -hmm. uh, I want him to be, uh, you know, our, our new rookie. Um so yeah, it's it's really that was our day jobs was doing mm -hmm. it for advertising clients. Except instead of doing films for protein powder, we got to do Neverland PD, which yeah, was man. so fun. Dude, you've lived some lives. Yeah, yeah, dude, I've lived so many lives. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, you know, when yeah. did you get here? Uh, February. Yeah. So only recently. Almost a yeah, year. almost it, a year. It seems like you've been a part of this. For a while. <laughs> oh well, like yeah. uh, I joked with people in Utah before I moved here. I was like, if there's not a comedy scene, I don't know how to make friends. Right. <laughs> So yeah, like luckily, I, knew... I mean, I think you came here at the right time because we talked about it. It feels lot. like it's that. like yeah. this. I mean, obviously post pandemic, but it's like um, the comedy scene has just really come from from my perspective out of nowhere. But I think it's been around a lot longer than overnight sensations I mean, have yeah. years of yeah years of work. Well, there's but a lot sure. more people with consistency. In yeah, it, I feel yeah. yeah it's just yeah. like and I think the community really 
and the audiences are kind yeah. of here for it yeah. too at this time. So you yeah. can really see the progression too, because I feel like at the club you go watch people, because that's where I try. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, not that I'm not training anywhere else, but you know what I'm saying, right? You try to get up there and like, okay, this is the best opportunity for me to do jokes. It's the best scenario, mm-hmm. and then like JJ's or the other open mics, you're just kind of like, all right, let me get this under my tongue. Yeah. yeah, harder yeah. rooms, but still. Yeah, I room. haven't done JJ's yet, just because Thursdays I'm always at my girlfriend's oh, okay. place. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not missing that's that's yeah. what i've heard uh, <laughs> but it's like doing the deadlifts you know yeah it's like, well that's like grand know. royale yeah that's that a tough one. one that's a tough one grand royale is so hard because it's mostly comedians and it's the second mic of the day hmm. and it's later in the week so it's just like most of us have already seen most of these jokes yeah. already which is why i always do a lot of free writing when i'm doing grand royale do you just kind of go off your head yeah, yeah. just go off what's going on that's why uh the one of the bartenders is like I love how you always make jokes about the the movie that's playing. It's like, cause I, yeah, because I know they're not gonna laugh at my my yeah. other jokes I did this Same week. Same ones you've already, they yeah. already know. I know they're not gonna laugh at. I just moved here from Utah, and <laughs> for your next question, I used to be, like yeah, you yeah. guys have heard that a million times now. Yeah, See, but open mics, I always try to do jokes that need work. That I don't yeah. really work on that joke anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, it's yeah, down. yeah. yeah. I've seen that hit every time I've been up at Breakdown. Yeah, I mean, unless it's just the. That's something that's really weird to me is that you'll be at Bricktown and it's like the people showed up to be mad. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Where it's just like, we're not getting anything. And yeah. I know this joke is pretty funny. Yeah. You know, like, and it's just a part of it. Yeah. You know, it's like going fishing and getting skunked. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, at least you're prepared to do well. Bricktown, yeah. you know? Bricktown's definitely where I feel the most pressure to try to kill it at a mic. But I also try to only work on material that needs to be worked on as well. Yeah. Like, if you see me at Bricktown Mike and I do my crazy straws joke. Yeah, I, that means I'm panicking and like just want to do good, <laughs> and I don't yeah. feel confident. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is not good, you know. Yeah, you, you need mm-hmm. to be working on material. <clears throat> so yeah. I try to do um, like something good up top, so it looks like I know what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> and then all my new stuff in the middle, and then maybe something at the bottom that I know it'll hit. Right, just like a little. Because then at least I'm yeah, like, it gives right. you the confidence. Yeah, a yeah. Little bit. It is, gauge whether they. Get, well, that's why right. I always start with yeah. short jokes. Yeah, is um, is someone someone you know at uh, at the Sacramento Comedy Festival, uh, there are a few judges. There's a panel where the judges rewatched the audition tapes and said what they liked and didn't like about them, and so mine was one of them that they watched. And my I started with that joke. Uh, no, I started with the six hundred pound life joke. Oh, Do you yeah, ever watch my six hundred pound life Ooh. just for the recipes? <laughs> and they said what they liked is that. You start with just a quick joke that immediately gets the audience on your side. Yeah. yeah. That's why I love one-liners. I love one-liners uh, because, like, you can do them so fast. And just immediately. And, yeah, it's like you don't, you're not wasting a bunch of time with the setup, and then it's like yeah. it doesn't even hit. So it's like, what's the point? It immediately lets the crowd know, hey, this is the kind of comedian I'm going to be. Yeah. That's, that's right why I do away. the... Uh... The J.C. Penney's one. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll be like, I'm what J.C. Penney's calls a husky boy. Yeah. And then it, it you're it's immediately great. like, I got puppy dog energy. That's yeah. kind of what I'm yeah. into the table. So you're like, oh, I see. And then I've got stuff after that. Like, I've got four different directions I can go. Yeah. And that I've kind of just built. Like, I like this one line because it really mm-hmm. kind of picks who I, picks up who I am. Mm-hmm. And it's like a joke right off the bat. And they completely connect. And then you, I've got these other places I can go with it if I need to. Yeah. You know? And that's that's the great thing is yeah. like start with those quick one liners, especially in shows, get the audience on your side right away, mm-hmm. and then you you just establish right away we're gonna have a fun time. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. this is gonna be fun because it be builds silly. that confidence and they trust you. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be silly. Yeah, it's like gonna be that. good. 
So I learned that from uh, from the judges at the Sacramento Festival too. To like, there is value in starting with quick one-liners and yeah. just like, just get them on your side. Just establish it right away. Yeah, I think you got that with that crazy, that crazy strong one too. Between Golly and Crazy Strong, right? Yeah, Golly is a fun one. That last at put a cork in it. Uh huh. The the Mormon stuff. You said you only had a few. I was only planning on doing like. Did you have that other stuff prepared though? Uh, ish. I've done those jokes before and like talked about it, so it's not like it was all brand new. But yeah, I wasn't really planning on doing that much. I hadn't heard that much. Yeah. So. Um, it was just hidden, and so yeah. I was like, all right, let's just keep talking about it. But yeah, I was only planning on doing like one or two jokes, and then just going on the rest of the set, and then I was like, yeah, we'll yeah. just keep staying here. Well, the ex-Mormon friends that I had that I brought, they were like, how much is he doing? I wanted, like, yeah. I wanted a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's really why I wanted you to bash Mormonism. <laughs> I'm not into bashing, yeah. though, because it's just like... For me, it's very nuanced. One, my family... I'm the only one in my family that's out of the church. Oh, okay. And, like, not only that, like, my parents were, like, mission presidents. So, like, (laughs) that's, like... So, when you see the Mormon missionaries, there's a director over all those missionaries. My parents were that for three years in the Philippines. So, like, they're in it. Like, my family's in it, Mm -hmm. in it. And, like, I was in it. So, I don't like bashing the church because I sympathize. I understand. It's like, yeah, from your perspective... Of course you believe it. Mm-hmm. From my perspective, of course I don't. Yeah. But like, who am I to say that I'm? I could be wrong. Yeah. I could be the one who's wrong here. <laughs> and so I'm not gonna make fun of people for what they believe. I'm gonna make fun of myself there it is. for right. what I believed yeah, that, and like how yeah. I went about it. I think it's a lot of it to me. It's like I don't really know much about Mormonism, so hearing about it, and yeah. learning about it, is a part of it too. Just learning. Oh, these, you know. That's what those people believe, and it's just like that's and fine. That's, that's what they. That's one thing that always bothered me when I was younger too. Is like you'd hear jokes about Mormons, mm-hmm. and like I think I talked about it at Wine and Cork of like they haven't done polygamy for over a hundred yeah, years by the time entirely. I was born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So polygamy is is so nothing to a Mormon. Yeah. That like when people are like, uh, yeah. hey, how many wives does your dad have? It's the same as like asking a person who's from Ireland, being like, whew. Really struggling for those potatoes, huh? Yeah. Like, yeah, that one time. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Nobody that joke would have remembers. killed a hundred years ago, but yeah. Yeah. nobody yeah. cares now. Well, that's yeah. that. I think that's a good point as far as like what you're saying too. Is like, hey, we don't know, so that's yeah. right for just like. Hey, let me educate you. Yeah. While also showing you my but personal. It's like right. you're poking well, fun at it in a way where it's like this is ridiculous, isn't it? Or some part. And it's of it, so strange because sure. in Utah it's almost hacky to do Mormon jokes. Yeah. Um. Cause like, yeah, it's like it we've heard all the same it's jokes. Not, it's not in as Utah. A, it's not as interesting or new to people. Yeah, that know everything about it. Well, like everyone in Utah is an ex-Mormon. Right. So like, <laughs> yeah. another ex-Mormon just got out of the church. Yeah. So like, <laughs> it's it's weird. Like Utah, it's very hacky, and then to come out here where people don't really know yeah, about Mormons and it's still kind of a religious state, so they can kind of mm-hmm. make those side relations right. and stuff. Makes sense. Um, it makes for an interesting uh, dynamic for sure. So. Um, but I do struggle because, like, I don't want to be known as, like, a Mormon comedian. Yeah. I am. I, I know I am. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I want to make sure that I'm I'm building out my comedy mm-hmm. profile as to more than just Mormon jokes. And, you know, make sure I'm also telling jokes about how I hate camping. And, <laughs> you know, getting CTE from Sock and Bopper. And, <laughs> uh, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. 
it's 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 kind of a weird balance for me. I think that's why I didn't want to only do Mormon jokes. Right. Actually, but that, it, yeah, it was working. Yeah. You know, yeah. everyone was having fun with and it. So I mean, that's a good thing that we talk a lot of. It's like reading the reading your audience and figuring that out. I mean, that's something yeah. that uh, is a part of it. It's like. You know, if it's working, don't stop. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. Well, and that, that so. you're right. I mean, when you were doing it, it's a lot, like you said, from your perspective. Yeah. And really, I mean, you're you're going, hey, I'm new to this world. This yeah. is how I used to believe, and now mm-hmm. this is how it's affected me. Yeah. And how, and then, like I said, it's an education moment for the people. Like, every time I hear about it, I'm like, what else do I not know? Yeah. And I'm looking for that. Well, and like, things that, like, I forget are funny, too. You know, like, I went to a different town to buy my first beer because I was afraid someone from my own town would see me. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. You can't drink at all? What? You can't drink You can't all? drink it all in the no, church, no, no. and oh, so, okay. but my first beer I bought, I bought in a Walmart <laughs> in American Fork. <laughs> which is just north of Provo yeah, because I was afraid someone from Provo like, would recognize you know, me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I bought a Guinness in a can because <laughs> I didn't even know beers. I just looked yeah. in the mirror and I was like, I think this is a Guinness person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that was actually maybe the first beer I'd ever tasted also. And I was, was like, a Guinness? Yeah. It's a I'm, great beer now. I, I don't man, like it's it. A, stout. I, I don't like <laughs> it now, first, Oh, man, I love it now. Yeah. I mean, uh, I can appreciate I like... Because is it a IPA? No. It's a stout. Or stout, right? Because yeah. the IPAs are like a little bit less... Like, it's similar, but not as bad. IPAs are more bitter. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't like stout or IPA, but yeah. Yeah. but it's like... I I, I, I can't appreciate some IPAs. And my Fair first beer f- was, was Steel Reserve. You remember? <laughs> no. That trash? Disgusting. Yeah, no, no. it was not. Was like remember, I didn't start drinking until... Oh, yeah, yeah, you did. Listen, let me go beer, get you a Steel Reserve. <laughs> my first beer was, I kid you not, March of 2020. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, like... If God is real, oh, it's on yeah, me. Was... You know, like, <laughs> it was right before the pandemic. So you bought that beer, but did you drink it? Yeah, you drank yeah, it. Okay, yeah, I okay. drank it with, uh, and I had a, a a thing of bagel bites to go with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go. Yeah. Uh, it was. Kill, kill I mean, it was Guinness from a can, which is just no. <laughs> Guinness from a draft is great, but yeah. like. I think mine was in a bottle, but I didn't even drink the whole thing. I just tasted it. I was like, "This is not good. What is this?" Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, it, beer's not good yeah, to yeah, begin really, with. Really, it's no. not. I uh, do like. I love craft beers. Like I said, I stopped drinking in March of this year. Oh actually. yeah, but I mean, I still appreciate beer for sure and like that's probably my favorite like i would never drink liquor again whiskey Mm -hmm. i do or scotch is really good but i've never really was a liquor person besides unless i was just heavily drinking well i'm really grateful that like (laughs) because i grew up not drinking yeah i don't really feel like the the need to drink for Mm -hmm. events or like you know social hangouts or anything like that like there's like if there's some there i might have Mm -hmm. one drink maybe but like i only have a drink once every other week once a week maybe at most yeah so like yeah um yeah there are some like like craft beers there's some stuff that it's like this beer is very you know very people put a lot of attention and time into making it you know yeah different than Bud Light or whatever when when you grow up only drinking water and Dr. Pepper (laughs) you have have a sweet tooth for it too so like at least you had Dr. Pepper. The Dr. Pepper, <laughs> thank goodness. Yeah. Thank goodness, man. I, I, you know, it's funny, at BYU-Idaho, I almost got in trouble for giving out free cans of Coke to students during finals week because uh, the church is very controversial on caffeine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, a there's an official... By the way, the official statement from the church is that caffeine is okay. Hmm. So, but because the but church banned still... coffee and tea and never really clarified why, a lot of members are like, 
well, what's the connection? Must be caffeine. Mm-hmm. So they think caffeine is bad. Yeah. Um, but, like, during finals week, you know, uh, I'm not sure if every college has these, but BYU-Idaho had testing centers where it's just, like, a room oh, yeah. where <clears throat> you get your test and you take your test there instead mm-hmm. of, like, going to class and taking it. Yeah. So finals week, that line to the testing center would get huge. Mm-hmm. So I'd buy 100 cans of Coke and Diet Coke, and me out. and my friends would just hand them out to people. And uh, twice... Twice when I did that, of the six semesters I did that, twice faculty got mad at me and, like, tried to get me kicked out. Uh, not out of the school, but, like, to stop and, and try to get me in there, trouble. Yeah. At least you got that story. I almost got kicked out of school because of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Not cocaine, coke cans. Cocaine. There it is. <laughs> coke cans. Uh, coke cans. <laughs> well, you know that. Uh, got you. That, uh, uh, shoot, why can I not think of the guitarist name now? From Cream. Uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> Eric Clapton. Yeah, Eric Clapton. <laughs> you know Eric Clapton's song. Dee dee doo doo. Dee doo. Coke cans. Dee dee. That's the clean version. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got anything else in there? Yeah. Uh, we need to talk about this new fashion trend you're starting called Comfort Core. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Is that what comedians are noticing in me? That's what I noticed. Uh, <laughs> I saw that you made this like really nice. Like a little outfit, like yeah, it's uh, I don't know what it was, but you called it Comfort Core. Okay. And it was like, oh, was that the the pants I made? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made pants out of neoprene. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> those were super comfy. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, uh, for Christmas, I promised my girlfriend I'd make matching neoprene jumpsuits for us. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. So you might see more of that as well. Nice. Dude, Comfort Core is great because, like, God forbid, you're like comfortable and happy around people <laughs> yeah, I love I love that because that's where I sit yeah, yeah, yeah if I'm comfortable I'm probably more confident yeah than if I look good yeah, yeah. You know? these European suits man they're so tight like you can see their arms bulging out and you're like it's not comfortable yeah, yeah. Was, you know they're like the reason they're so intense is because like <laughs> I'm in pain oh, yeah <laughs> dude these sleeves are tight. <laughs> yeah, just like being constricted, dude. Uh, dude, comfort core. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if I. Co- I don't think I coined that. That's no, you didn't. Okay, oh, yeah. probably not. Yeah. Like I made well, it. You up. embody it, dude. I made it up on the spot there. But I bet comfort yeah. core is a real thing. Yeah. If you would Google it. Yeah. Uh, well, I just I appreciate it. every time you go up or have a show or even like if you're at Bricktown and you're just doing an open mic, man. You always got like really cool earrings going. You, oh, you make you. Yeah. you make thoughtful choices yeah and i really like i wish i did that more for myself and that's what that's and that's all it is is thoughtful Thoughtful choices you know like and that ties it back to how we kind of started this pod is like just be the best version of you and and remember be a version of you that you want the audience to perceive of you right you have control yeah Yeah. through your appearance of like yeah it shouldn't mean things sometimes you know like a girl in a skimpy bikini it's not her fault when a guy gets horny thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the that's on the guy. But also it is a choice. Yeah. You know, and like you can't have awareness of what your appearance does to other people. Mm-hmm. Um So do the bikini then. Do the bikini. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um you know, so like I I, I really whole wholly believe that like your outfit is it's it's the outward expression of mm-hmm. who you are. Mm-hmm. So just make those thoughtful choices. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, the earrings is fun. I, I always knew I wanted to get earrings and got these pierced in, like, April. So I'm mm-hmm. still very much like a middle okay, schooler yeah. having a lot of fun with the earrings yeah, and, like, yeah, doing the, the crazy ones. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, thoughtful choices. You're presenting who you are to the, to the audience. And just be aware of that. 
Yeah, dude. I think I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna I'm gonna try some new stuff. <laughs> Love it. Maybe some uh, some flannel instead of plaid. What do you think? <laughs> Honestly, especially as winter's coming. Yeah. Uh, I think you'd look really good in a flannel or like a denim jacket for sure. You you give me like a denim and uh, like a blue collar jacket kind of vibe. Yeah. I mean, I, you are a blue collar worker, yeah. right? And dad, I, dad, yeah. I had this like jacket I got from Sam's again. Sam's. Uh, Sam's club. But a lady called me out. Right yeah. when I got on stage, I was just like, hey guys, I'll get bullied a lot. She's like, yeah, probably about your kids. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even say I had kids. Yeah, you, yeah. you just picked that out from how I look? Yeah. She's like, I must look like a dad. I was yeah. like, mm-hmm. you too can look like a dad, $13 at Sam's. Yeah. You know? See? And so it hit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of dug that side mm-hmm. of it. Uh huh. So I might lean into it. Do it, yeah. 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 Like when I do my contractor jokes, I'll like wear boots. Yeah. You know, just kind of really lean into it. Exactly. Maybe, I never think about that being an yeah. aspect you could use to like portray mm-hmm. like out in, I mean anyways I'm, st- I'm still new with all this stuff, so. <laughs> we're all new we're all figuring I'm nine yeah. years in and I'm still right. figuring this yeah. out yeah. so uh, but yeah comfort core nine years in still doing mostly <laughs> open mics so you know take all of my <laughs> advice what it is, I mean. for what it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got one more yeah uh, is there any skills from being Mormon that helped with comedy performance man uh, Mormons love performing. Yeah. I don't know what it is because it's not like we perform at church. Church is very quiet and uh, reverent. We love that word, reverent. <laughs> but Mormons love singing. They love uh, mm. theater. Like if you're a theater nerd, there like, a lot of actors, I guess too. Yeah, like there's uh, Ryan Gosling is Mormon. Oh. Was um, so yeah. Like if if you're obsessed with theater, you're probably Mormon or gay. Yeah. Like that's that's the truth of it. That's the joke of it, but it's the truth too. Panic at the Disco. Uh, yeah. Brendan Yeary uh, was Mormon, and he said the same thing. It's just like there's something about the Mormon community that loves performance. Might be. I wonder if it's uh, that, like I don't know because I don't know a ton about you know, but it's like the how they suppress things. I mean, they do obviously suppress a lot of things, but it's like this like, self-expression mm-hmm. gets suppressed in so many ways that it's like. It almost has to come out some way. That's, yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> so it's going to come and out in the things space. that they can't yeah. do yeah. with acting or singing. So that, and then I think one other skill that, as I'm thinking more about it, uh, it's like missionaries, you yeah. were taught to study the scriptures. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, know the scriptures front and back to be able to, like, when I was a missionary, I could quote scriptures without looking them up. You know, yeah. I could just, if you were to say something like, yeah, and then Jesus said this, and yeah, I could just go for a relevant scripture just off the top of my head that, to know yeah. that front and back. But um, Elder Bednar, who is a apostle, one of the 12 apostles for the church, uh, has this thing on how to study scriptures more efficiently. Hmm. Or he, he says the three phases of scripture study, which is to be able to just read it front to back. That's kind of the basics. Yeah, of scripture study basic, just know it initial. and then the second step is to be able to recall and memorize he said the third step is to be able to find connections between scriptures mm-hmm. and that's where I think comedy is comedy is finding yeah. connections between things yeah. uh, there's this really cool video on like how late night writers write their jokes and really all it is is taking two setups and finding the connections between those two or two subjects and finding the connection between those subjects right like the example they used there was that Trump uh, was uh, his model was put into the Hall of Presidents at Disney World, right? So your subjects are Trump and Disney World, mm-hmm. and so the joke was like he immediately deported Aladdin because uh, <laughs> that's that's your so, your yeah. connection is you know what is Trump? Trump hates immigrants. Yeah, Aladdin is an immigrant. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. So uh, comedy in its purest form is finding connection between two subjects, and I think as scripture study 
as a a Mormon who mm-hmm. did that with scriptures, that's a lot of what you're doing too. No okay. so. wonder. Also, yeah. well, you said you had to memorize all that stuff. It's like that could go into jokes too, because you're writing so many jokes totally. and you have to remember. Well, like yeah, because like when I did, what did I do? Twenty five uh, Mormon jokes, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I I only planned on doing five. It's just recalling. Yeah. It's just and then they say and studying the and practicing and yeah, and knowing it. in the moment that like. It'll come. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like I'm, the internalization of things to me. It's something I try to think about. I think for so much of my life, I've just stressed over like remembering details and remembering things that I needed to do and, and trying to like force yourself to do things yeah. right. But there's so much of it. It's like, you know, this stuff, just yeah. trust yourself. That's trust and practice. Yeah. Whenever it comes time, you, it's, you're going to be able to do it. If you're not stressed out about trying to remember to do things or whatatever. It yeah. Is you're yeah. Doing. The time for prep work is over. Once yeah. It's time, you know, yeah, there's something else. Exactly. That's a good quote. I wanted, I've been mean to bring up or just post on social media, but something about whenever the pressure is on we don't rise to the occasion we fall to our highest level of preparation yeah. oh i like that <laughs> yeah. and it's i like, like that quote though it's yeah. like that's not and people say that they you rise to the, you don't rise to the occasion you fuck you know you have to rely on what you've done lately i found my better shows have been if i just before i go mm-hmm. to the show just listen to old sets yeah and just and reread try, yeah, just try to all my old jokes and then just relax and just trust myself mm-hmm. so i yeah. do i love that quote yeah about your highest preparation yeah because yeah when the pressure's on you don't have time to think about anything. it's <laughs> it's funny because for an art form that has to present itself as someone who doesn't take it that seriously mm-hmm. there's a lot that you can take seriously about comedy yeah. and like really try and study uh yeah yeah. I mean, Kevin Hart, uh, one of the hardest working comedians out there. Mm-hmm. And look how much that's paying off for him, you know? Yeah. So, like, yeah. there is there is a lot to take seriously about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, you know, there's some comedians who don't, and they still do well. Mm-hmm. But I think because they've established that habit of not trying, there's only so much that it'll take them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it could take them far, mm-hmm. yeah. but there is a limit. And so it, the better habit is to know that it's an art form that you got to work on mm-hmm. and and really try for it. And I say that saying I I got to work so much harder yeah. too. I mean, yeah, uh, we all, like, it's hypocritical of me to, to call out other people when I myself can be much better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think we all can. I think everybody struggles with, you know, even for I look at myself as someone that outputs a lot and is, you know, if I'm not creating, I get depressed. That's what happened over pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so I learned a lot about myself through that. It's like I have to that's why I do this show. It's like it forces me to create something every week, which is good for me because I don't always have things that I'm working on that, and I can get into a bad headspace. With clothes, man, if I if I just make a piece of clothing over the weekend, I'm always happier. Yeah, it's yeah. There's something about us creatives mm-hmm. and that like. But so yeah, even yeah. with that, it's like. But even still, it's like I know there's always more that I could be doing. Yes. Even as as much as well, I there's do. There's always going to be more. <laughs> and so you it know? doesn't matter yeah, what level you're at. You could always be doing more. And, mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes you, and you shouldn't always expect yourself to do more. Sometimes you, you have to take it take a step back and right. take care of yourself first. But I think that's the common thread between creatives mm-hmm. is that we get a lot of our joy from the creation. Right. Not right. even from the audience. And, like... Yeah the feedback it's just like the idea of like i had zero today and i made something Mm -hmm. out of it yeah Uh, i think it's a a common thread between Mm -hmm. creatives that's what i like about 
comedy versus doing music. You know, like we, I've done music for a long time, but then mm-hmm. this, you, I literally have nothing but a pencil and a paper. Yeah. <laughs> and then I could go tell these to my wife or just like a friend and just be like, yeah. what do you think about this? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, that's pretty funny. And then I can go to a crowd and do it. I do a yeah. lot of my stuff in front of my customers. I killed. Oh, yeah. I killed over on Thirty First Street this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh Gloria, you love me, dude. But yeah. I'll do a lot of that, and that keeps my stuff clean yeah. too. The yeah. number of times I'll just text a friend at like two in the morning, like, "Hey, is this joke yeah. funny?" <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, but yeah. that was great. Um, so was that all you had? I have man, one final I, thing. I just like I said, I have. I have uh, it's already been. Over. So I, yeah, yeah. And, I just want to ask you this as a person. I know I talk a lot. So. No, <laughs> but your writing process, uh-huh. like, like for comedy, do you just think of something? Do you go in and you write every day? Like, I'm trying to be better at actually writing every day. So mm-hmm. lately, it is just kind of like living life, and then when a thought comes up, I'll write it down as an idea, and then I'll come up with a few punchlines try it on stage and then um if it goes well take note of what went well if it bombs uh take note of what bombed and my theory most comedians especially at the open mic level when they bomb it's because the punchline isn't where the audience thought it would be Mm -hmm. and so like i find a lot of bomb is audience it's not the audience being like uh, a lot of times it's the audience leading in and 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 it's just what you said was a punchline is just still the setup Mm-hmm. So you just need to reestablish what your punchline is. I'm still relearning my writing process, and that's a constant thing for me. Lately, what I've been doing that's been pretty helpful is uh, this was a Goldman tip, Gary Goldman. Uh, have you read any of the Goldman tips? Oh yeah. <laughs> so one of his is to write a comedy, like write someone else's comedy set word for word. Mm-hmm. So I've been watching Shane Gillis's Beautiful Dog special because I love that one. And just writing down his comedy word for word, mm-hmm. and then uh, I'm in the middle of that. It take, turns out it takes a while to transcribe. <laughs> yeah. Especially you're pausing. Well, they what have a, say? <laughs> yeah. They have a website that transcribes all the comedy. But specials. you got to you got to do it by hand. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, yeah. That, uh, I, I, no, I get what you're saying. That's a good one. That's so really I'm transcribing one. it by hand because like it just, I think there's just that extra layer of you being yeah. toned into it. Yeah. But by doing that, it's making me realize that Shane Gillis really is the basic comedy comedy formula of a lot of his jokes which is set up punchline act out mm-hmm. so it's set up uh america he's like america's better than other countries um punchline is like you know when i drive around australia I'm like this is what you got yeah you know that's his punchline i i'm screwing up his joke and yeah. then his act out is him just making fun of Australians, you know. So yeah. you pull Australian accent, start doing yeah. this. And you pull out from that punchline more <clears throat> funny stuff. Right? So he does that. Um, lately I've been trying like uh, word trees too, where like mm. for camping, the, I just wrote camping in the, the middle. Wor- the word mind map. Mind map. That's what he calls it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, word tree mind map, yeah, all the same stuff. I wrote camping in the middle and then I just, outside, I, you know, I wrote, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, tents and uh, bugs yeah. and bears and like mm-hmm. anything that I have that I think of when I think of camping. Yeah. And then I mind map off of those ones mm-hmm. until I, eventually I find words that just are funny to me or yeah. so like one of the jokes I just wrote for camping, I wrote camping and then tents. And then I was like, why do I hate camping in tents? It's like, well, it's because buildings are air conditioned. (laughs) I love... It's like it makes you think of that. And so that led me to that. So the joke now is, I don't like sleeping where the air isn't conditioned. My air is well behaved. (laughs) Outside. I like that. It's not conditioned. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so that's what I've been trying lately is like mind maps. 
it's a process that I'm learning myself mm -hmm. and, and constantly reevaluating and, and trying over there's, and over and trying to just be better at it. There's too. so many um, different things you yeah. can do, so you Consistency. try different things. Yeah. Right. That's I mean, what that's, I need to be best just at. Just do it. Yeah. Do whatever it yeah. is. Just do it. Consistency <laughs> is what I need to be best at. Yeah. And then, of course, writing on stage. I mean, open mics yeah. really are such a valuable thing. Yeah. Even, you know, for places like Grand Royal, where, like, if the comics aren't laughing at my jokes, it's still a chance for me to, to nail the pacing of my jokes. And, mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's be familiar really... with my own jokes. So, mm -hmm. when I default and you know, free write instead, I am hurting myself in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you're working another muscle. I'm working a different muscle yeah. for sure. So, ebb and flow to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's my writing process. I feel like whenever you have a show coming up, mm -hmm. that's when you try to do that where you kind of, I feel like whenever you do those, those sets at a place where they're not really paying attention, yeah. that's where you build your nerve. Yes. And so you're like, all right, I'm going to do this set without faltering while no one's listening. Yeah. You know? Like, I'm, I, I try to take it, but then I'll rant when I've got nothing on deck. Yeah. I'll be like, all right, these guys don't care. I'm just gonna go off on some premises I thought I got in my pocket. Yeah. You know? So, um, I could definitely be better at writing process, so take anything you've heard from me that you like and keep it. I like the tree. Like. I do that one. I like yeah. doing that one because it kind of shows you connections. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I used to just write, just like free write. Yeah. And free then, write can work too, yeah. though, because I can just get some thoughts out of your head. I think any form of writing helps, but like I said, take what you like and keep it, and anything that you guys don't like, you're like, this guy's not who he's talking about. I don't. So yeah. just be like, yeah, that advice wasn't helpful, so we don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> well, last thing I wanted to just touch on, I like to ask everybody, is this question about, like, um, what do you think is the biggest challenge for people in doing whatever it is, comedy or maybe filmmaking or whatever? Yeah. What is the challenge that, we, that, is, that you see then... You know, there lots of people probably have to deal with. I think the common thread is uh, ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, he talks about it in the war of art. Like the greatest war is doing the thing. Yeah, getting up out of the chair and going yeah, and doing it's it so easy mm -hmm. to do nothing. It's so <laughs> easy. It's so nice. Well, I love doing especially nothing. when you're, <laughs> especially at our level where we work full time jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And then to come home, you there's so home many home. nights where I don't want to do an open mic and I just want to stay, and I want to eat a milkshake from Brown's mm -hmm. and lay down and watch TV. It's so yeah. easy to do I nothing. Think milkshake from Brown's is why a lot of people don't do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it might be a yeah. yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. it's, a, no, it's, it's a good point. Yeah, but no, I I really think we are our own greatest barrier. Yeah, a lot of people will ask a lot of questions um, about like stand up or like anything creative, and really what they're doing is they're kind of looking for excuses yeah. either not to do it or an easier solution to yeah. get to it. Whereas like I have a friend who is a photographer, and I remember. When they showed me their work uh, at first, I was like, this is sh Like, it is not good. Yeah. But they had the um, kind of the self-confidence and the willingness to put themselves out there and uh, advertise their work mm -hmm. and, you know, advertise themselves as a photographer for hire. Mm -hmm. And now they're getting flown out to places to mm. do photography and they've really improved. Yeah. I think a lot of people stop themselves short because they know I'm not gonna I'm nine years in and I'm not even on Kevin Hart's level right you know I uh, I think a lot of people compare themselves to the the height of what mm -hmm. they could be of their potential and there is that potential yeah but then they compare it to where they actually yeah, are like, 
and that's it's a lot of work. That's mm. a big climb to get up it's there. It's like almost in, in, impossible to imagine. Some you know, in some cases for sure. If you like, even for someone like Kevin Hart, it's like you know, it's probably almost impossible to reach that level. Yes. For you know, so why even bother thinking about? Well, yeah. Uh, so you shouldn't, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you just gotta remember where you are. Yeah. Have self-awareness of where you are, mm-hmm. and just push yourself. Mm-hmm. You you gotta get over yourself. I think yeah. is the, That's something the biggest that, barrier. So I think something. I've learned about myself in the past year for sure is is to how to do that or start to figure out you know not to worry about um, uh, other people's not even that because I think it is I think you should worry about other people's perspective perspective of you and not not so much that all oh, they think I'm dumb or silly but just be aware of their pers- perspective mm-hmm. uh, other perspective in your I don't know it's a weird thing but it's it's um, I think it's okay as long as you're like going, am I okay with how I'm being perceived? Right. Yeah. Where you're, where you're, you're not putting on like this idea of like, hey, yeah. how are they seeing me? It's mm-hmm. like, am I exuding this thing that I want to be perceived yes. as? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And not worrying about their outcome, which is them yeah. judging you. Yeah. It's like you can't yeah. control that, so don't worry about it. I want to make sure I'm putting this yeah. across mm-hmm. enough. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's, Absolutely. It's, it's difficult because we're all, I think it's, that's why I think it's important even for, for, people to like I, I talked about this before but working for the news it's like I see the the you know Ali Meyer and these people they're on camera and it's like Ali Meyer is one of the most confident people that I've probably ever met in my life mm-hmm. because she stares at herself at uh, <laughs> for eight hours you know in a day but I think yeah. it's very powerful to yeah. do that you're she's very self-aware and I think that's good yeah. you know it's like and it gives you that confidence that you know you know, you know, because you're watching yourself very closely. I think that there are people out there that hate looking at themselves in the mirror, and that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. And I think you're right I'm on one that. of those. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think everybody does. We all, we all but, struggle with that for yeah. sure, but I, I love what you just said. Though. Yeah. I think yeah. that is such a good point. Right. About I think it's yeah. something about it, and it's something that I've learned, because like I'm all, I used to be terrified of, of putting myself on camera and like, you know, even though yeah. I'm a musician, I get up on stage, I like an aspect of that I always have as far as like getting pictures taken of you playing music was so cool right yeah like, but when but it's like, just you and yourself but yeah it's like or you talking into a camera or something is the most terrifying thing of my entire life yeah and it's like now it's like and that's a part of this too it's like I'm forcing myself to do that and and literally I stare I listen to myself talk to, to you guys or to whoever for hours editing you know it's like that's changed something in me yeah mm-hmm. and made myself a much more confident than I used to be so something to I, I think it's I mean for me it's like oh well this is this is what you get yeah, yeah. this is it I mean I'm just okay not changing I mean yeah, I might okay be able to change it. the yeah. size yeah but ultimately it's, it's like, just like control, but... I've become better with just being okay with what I got yeah um, you know just walking into a yeah. room and going like I, I'm no better than anybody else I'm no worse yeah everybody's got their stuff I yeah, yeah. maybe this is too much of a tangent but I hate mm-hmm. when comedians complain about the audience yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And like, even when I've done it before too, and I'll go home and be like, it wasn't the audience, it was you, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, you know that. Mm-hmm. You know not to blame the, the audience yeah. ever. Yeah. Because uh, you can win them. There's always somewhere in there yeah. you could win. And somebody else. Now, well, one of my it, favorite shows, two people in the crowd. Yeah. I had a show, <laughs> two people were in the crowd, and it was so fun. Yeah. It was so fun. So, like, mm-hmm. look. 
even if it's true, you should never blame the audience because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's always something you can work on yourself. Yeah, yeah. somehow yeah. you could have made yeah. it. Somebody could have got something out of that. Yeah, but maybe it's not you that day. Maybe you know. Yeah, maybe. that's another thing. I I feel like I've gotten more comfortable on stage as far as just like because of that mentality of just like, all right, I'm gonna go up. This is what they get. Mm-hmm. I've prepared as much as I could. Yeah. If it fumbles, then it fumbles. Mm-hmm. And I used to have a lot of fear of fumbling, but now it's just like, all right. Yeah. yeah and it's just yeah. another thing. It's just another day. It's just like, well, you can yeah. do it again the next day mm-hmm. or whatever. It's not that as important, I think, as, as we put on moments in our lives. Yeah. And I'm not consistent, but I'm definitely better when I have that kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the more self confidence you have in yourself and like yeah. the more love you have for yourself. Right. That's the big thing. Uh, so, yeah. Definitely the better I am. That's a good. I love that answer about the. I think that that's a, such a big thing. I think that's probably what I would say is the biggest challenge mm-hmm. personally, but I always like to ask every, you know. I think it's a fun that, question. Yeah. I want to hear what other people mm-hmm. have to say yeah. too. So yeah, I like that. So, uh, so that's <clears> it. <throat> uh, well, no. We want to talk about the upcoming events oh, yeah. this weekend. I I couldn't find anything. I, could, I, know, I don't I know. There's one big thing going on December third. December third, <laughs> we're doing the lively comedy showcase. Lady. It's and it it's the best of the comedians that have been up on Lively who agreed to come back. It was the best, <laughs> it was the best of the best ones I could find that were that were free. But they're also my favorites. Lively Comedy Showcase is gonna be doors at five, show at six PM on Sunday, December third. It's gonna be five dollar tickets. Also you can do you can get additional raffle tickets by bringing in toys that we're gonna donate later. Um, and so our lineup is Adrian Corwin, Brandon Kilo, Will Davis Ava C, Will Burnson, and John Wallen. I mean, that's mm-hmm. nice. that's Killers. all of the people that do Bricktown. Really. So, <laughs> but like I said, uh, my favorites. And then we're also doing Molly's Tamales as the pop-up yeah. kitchen. Ooh. So and there, she's really well known for her tamales. So everybody, come out, uh, spend five dollars, bring a toy. Uh, you can get those tickets on Eventbrite. And uh, dude, it's gonna be a great time. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I think we did it, guys. That's it. Um, thanks for watching, everyone. We had a great time talking to Tanner. Today. Thank you. So thanks yeah. for coming. It's over. been a lot of fun. It's been, appreciate you, bro. Yeah, appreciate you. Awesome. Yeah. All the Thank small you. touches. I see what you're yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm yeah, trying he's for. He's getting mm-hmm. a little closer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get some of that uh, that comfort. Yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> comfort core. Comfort core. Comfort core, man. Yeah. So yeah, everyone. Look for for Tanner next line. Comfort core coming down later. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's our new song. It's it. Is that the new emo? Yeah. Is that going to be our new emo? Yeah. It's acoustics with whining. Just straight, yeah. It's just straight crying. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, just, it's just listening the to the national. <laughs> it just sounds like two big guys trying to get in a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's it for this week's episode. Uh, we still have an email address that, uh, I mean, people... I tell people every week, I think that they think I'm lying because it's there. It's rhythmandwit at gmail.com. Send us an email. I want to get more, you know, I think as the show grows, hopefully the audience will grow. We can, I want to have interactions with the viewers is my my goal with it. So I'm going to shout it out every time until we get an email. So I think I'm just going to make us one. I'm just going to make a couple. Somebody send us in a fake email. I don't care. Just do it. Have fun fun. with it. Yeah. No um, naked pictures. We're tired of those. Yeah. <laughs> Get the spam filters on. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, thanks for watching, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye. <laughs> Bye. We did it, guys. All great. right.
All right, y'all ever watch my 600 pound life just for the recipes? Good stuff, man, good stuff. No, I want to lose weight so I can learn what I hate about myself. I don't have a goal weight, I just want people to stop assuming what my New Year's resolutions are and being right. I'll never get tested for sleep apnea because the idea of dying in my sleep sounds awesome. Uh, I grew up Mormon. Growing up Mormon's a lot like growing up American. Your whole life, you're like, America's the best, America's number one, and then you get Twitter, and you're like, Spain is fine. <laughs> People are happy in the Netherlands. I, uh, I stopped believing in the church, but I'll always be Mormon. And what I mean by that is like the other day I got scared and I went, golly! <laughs> that came out of my mouth. So I'll like, I'll always be Mormon. I'll always be a BYU football fan. I don't know why, because BYU football is proof that God does not care about football.